You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime and coordinates for the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back for a special episode of the Star Wars The Saga Continues podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. Uh, Tim and Paul are not here uh, on this episode. Um, You know, obviously things have been kind of crazy lately. We had Celebration. We've had the Obi-Wan premiere um, I've been traveling for work all week and we've been trying to line up our schedules and get on here and record for you guys, uh, which we're going to be doing very soon. Um, so look out for that coming probably next week. We're going to do an Obi-Wan review episode and then, um, and probably shortly after that, do an episode recapping all the trailers and news and stuff from Celebration. So can't wait to get back and talk with you guys about all that stuff. But in the meantime, uh, I also had a convention out here in Phoenix the same weekend as Star Wars Celebration, uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion, uh, where I did a couple of Star Wars panels with my good friends Jason Hunt and Joey Letson. Um, and Joey was kind enough to record the audio for those panels. Um, so I've gone ahead and edited a couple of them uh, here into a podcast episode for you guys to listen to. We actually did three episodes, or we did three panels over the weekend. Uh, we did an Obi-Wan review, we did one uh, called The Future of Star Wars, where we just talked about some of the news from Celebration and a lot of the upcoming Star Wars projects. And then we did one about um, Star Wars characters making the jump from uh, animation to live action, and we talked about Ahsoka and Cad Bane and, and all that good stuff. Um, and so I've got the audio for that panel as well, and I might hold on to that to, rec- uh, to release as like a future just kind of fun episode at some point. Um, but I figured for now, uh, I'll go ahead and release the Obi-Wan uh, panel and the Future of Star Wars panel, and I've just gone ahead and edited them together into uh, into one episode here. So you'll hear the Obi-Wan review first, and then the Future of Star Wars panel, and you'll get to hear my thoughts on all this stuff along with uh, Jason and Joey, and uh, also hear a little bit of the, the interaction we got to have with the crowd there at uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion, and just some questions from the audience and stuff like that. Uh, So hope you guys enjoy, and uh, we will see you again next week for our full review of the first three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. But uh, enjoy the episode. We'll see you next time, and may the Force be with you. Okay, well, welcome everybody to Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, or my only show. This, of course, where we're going to be talking about the first two episodes that hit Disney+. Plus. Thursday night. Now, how many of you were like me, and at 9 o'clock comes by, you're like... I'm watching it Thursday night. Yeah, 
Yeah, I could not wait. I went to, I, we uh, watched the show, then went to bed, then woke up early and watched it again. I was so excited, <laughs> loved it so much. But we're, <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to talk about it. And so are my fellow panelists. Let's go and introduce ourselves so you know who the heck we all are. Let's start with the gentleman to my left. Hey everybody, uh, my name is Jason Hunt. I am one of the co-hosts of the Wampas Lair podcast. We talk about all things Star Wars, just sort of have fun topic-based discussions. Not so much the news, but when it's big stuff like this, we'll cover it. Um, so yeah, that's me. Hello there. Uh, I'm Kyle Avery. I'm also on a Star Wars podcast called Star Wars The Saga Continues, and we cover a lot of the upcoming news and trailers and rumors and stuff to do with, you know, all the upcoming TV series and movies, and then we do episode reviews and stuff like that. So we've been looking forward to this Obi-Wan series for a long time. We're going to do, uh, you know, lots of big breakdowns and stuff uh, once we all get back from the cons and, and get to talk about it again. But glad to be here talking about it with you guys. And let me just say, as a listener of both their podcasts, um, if you're looking for negative Star Wars stuff, this is not, they're not the podcast to go to. So if you're looking for fun Star Wars stuff where they actually have inclusive uh, discussions and, and thoughtful, uh, uh, thought-provoking discussions, these two gentlemen have a podcast to listen to. So check them out. Oh, and if, shucks. Oh, my. Uh, but try. if you're looking... <laughs> And of course, why the heck am I up here? Well, I, I'm friends with these guys. But also, <laughs> I have an Animaniacs podcast. If you're interested in Animaniacs, well, listen to the Animaniacast. Uh, my name's Joey Letson, and we've been doing, I've been doing an Animaniacs podcast for over six years now. And so, he still finds ways to put Star Wars into it. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's not a discussion of Animaniacs that does not include a discussion of Star Wars or Baby Yoda or something like that, because if you want to find Find out how they're connected. You gotta listen. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get right into our discussion. Um, but I think uh, just to make sure we're all we're all clear, I think we'll start off with um, the trailer. Yep. That premiered. Uh, just to kind of give us a kind of a rundown of what we saw at first. Uh, and then that'll plus gives other people a chance if they're still getting through security. Yeah, yeah. to get in here. So here we possibly go. Let's see if this works. There we go. So, gosh, little did we know that the majority of all that stuff we just saw would be in the first two episodes. Yeah, almost all of it. Almost all. And of we're it. gonna, yeah, we're gonna get to a lot of the surprises that we 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 went to. There were some definitely some twists that were like, we're going here. Okay, let's yeah. go over that. Um, so this is your your last chance, folks. If you have not yet seen uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, if you're if you don't want to see like kind of a, a rundown of the episode and some thoughts, uh, then here. Here's your chance. By the way, last uh, a bit of the panel, we love to have audience uh, questions and discussions and stuff like that. So last 10, 20 minutes of the panel will be just for us just to kind of geek out and anything that you noticed, uh, things that you want to talk about. Uh, we got the microphone right over there. So yeah. yeah but don't line it. up now. We'll yeah. You know when, it, when that's time. Yeah. yeah time. We'll take care of that. But um, let's go ahead and go. Spoilers. So let's go. So I got a bunch of spoilers here. Um, oh. I'm not a big fan. And that's our panel. No. Uh, okay. Moving on. Why am I not surprised? I told him. He says, "Let me look at the slideshow." I said, "You can't look at the slides." I have a really lame joke to show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I showed him, he'd say, "Don't put that in." And I say, "No." 
So we start off the episode, actually kind of a, a cool way. It was Order 66. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, the first time we've seen this Jedi whose name I've uh, yet, you know, totally forgotten. It's the first and the last time we've seen her. Yep. Uh, and of course we have the children right there who are running behind her. And of course the, the hypothesis that is yet to be confirmed is that one of those kids is Reva. Also yeah. known as the third sister, uh, who we'll see a lot in the next couple episodes. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think th- yeah, that's not confirmed yet by the show, but I think it's it's pretty evident when you look at those group of kids. There's one kid in particular that the camera lingers on a little bit more mm. than the rest that definitely looks like a young Reva, and I think that's the whole reason why we start off with this flashback scene. A- aside from to you know remind the audience of what happened with Order 66. We saw the whole prequel flashback right before this where they recapped Anakin's story and everything. And so, um, yeah. And aside maybe from, it might explain why she's so angry at Obi-Wan. Yeah. Aside from just wanting to re-traumatize us all with Order 66, I think uh, the reason yeah, they started off with that specifically, I think we're going to see more of that with Reva's backstory and how it connects to her joining the Inquisitors and uh, maybe her more of her, her backstory with the Jedi and, and that whole time period. We got... Four episodes left to do that, though. Yeah. So, especially if if Reva is one of those children in this scene, then psychologically, why should why should she turn against Obi Wan, who she is mad at? Why, why wouldn't she be mad at? Oh, I don't know, Anakin Skywalker, who came into the Jedi Temple with all this. Instead, she's joining up with Darth Vader. Like, yeah. what? Uh, I'm sure they'll explain it in a, in a way that makes sense for that character. Or they won't, and we'll get a comic book later. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. That's that's <laughs> the way. Welcome to Star Wars. Uh, actually, I thought one of the kids actually might be the the Jedi that we meet up with in uh, Tatooine. So coming up in the next, we have this uh, showdown in a, I wouldn't really call it a... It's a, a saloon it's a is saloon. what they call it. Yeah. 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 The Inquisitors show up on Tatooine. We're like, are they there for Obi-Wan? Nope. Not at all. It's that guy. First, first cool twist I really thought of, of from the trailer. Because when you see those Inquisitors all landing on Tatooine, first impulse is... Wow, Darth Vader is really sending out a lot of Inquisitors to find Obi Wan. Yeah. No, they're always looking for this other this other Jedi. But I did uh, like uh, when watching the the episode again how the Grand Inquisitor uh, is kind of like talking to the the bartender, the shop owner, whatever you want to call him, and it says, you know, maybe you find this jet this this person. He's coming here, maybe looking for someone else. And so even he's like the, the Inquisitors are all having this ability to kind of like sense the the minds of the thoughts of of those around them in a in a cool way. I mean, it's a great thing to have when you're an Inquisitor, right? You want to know a little bit of what's going on in your brain. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense too because even if they don't know specifically that he's there for Obi Wan. Like, I'm sure they've been hunting these Jedi long enough to know that, like, they would try to maybe seek out, you know, these these Jedi survivors would maybe try to find others of their kind, um, even if not to try to, like, reestablish the Jedi Order or something, just to try to find safety in numbers or someone that they can trust. And they've so, seen it all before, right? Yeah, this right, is a yeah. safe story. So not, it may not necessarily that they're sensing the, the thoughts of that Jedi that's in that uh, the, the bar right there, but uh, that they've seen this before. These yeah. Jedis are all trying to find each other. They hunt themselves, as they say. Yeah, yeah except um, for Obi-Wan. Yeah, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Obi-Wan's not hunting himself. No, Obi-Wan is at a uh, sans sashimi uh, place. <laughs> <laughs> He's 
This was kind of cool. I, I actually did not even realize what, first thing I think of, I'm like, is that a crate? What is that, the spikes of a crate dragon? It's kind of hard to tell. And then you can see, oh, it's kind of like a big giant manta ray. Uh, one of the things I love about these Star Wars TV series is that we're really seeing how diverse the ecosystem of Tatooine is. Yeah. Now, whether yeah. this is like a pergil that kind of crashed into the ground, like, a, you know, the giant whales and rebels, like, was this a space ray that just kind of like fell into Tatooine? Or is this something that lives underneath the sand and then popped out and died? Uh, yeah. It got beached somehow. I don't know how, but... And they haven't said a thing. They just, like, say, here's this. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> but that's what I love about Star Wars. I wonder Wars. how it tastes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, they're they're chopping it up. For, it's good enough you know. for Eopies. I mean, uh, uh, yes, Obi Wan is there. Uh, he's just kind of laying low uh, to the to the point where I love how they point out in the very beginning how it, other employees are having trouble with the 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 supervisor, and he just kind of goes, mm, "Can't do anything." Right. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of elements of this reminded me of uh, the book uh, Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's the same kind of situation he finds himself in on Tatooine, where he cannot use the Force, and he's trying to find ways to to not be seen, not um, be a Jedi. Yeah. yeah, and I really like the way they they start that off because obviously leading up to the show, there's been so much speculation from fans about like, okay, well, if we're gonna tell an Obi Wan story, and especially if he's gonna leave Tatooine, like we all know his mission is to protect Luke. So what would get him to go off? And obviously in this first episode, they establish a big reason that it's like, oh, that makes sense that he would leave Tatooine for that. But before we get to that, you see these smaller instances first with, uh, you know, just these people at his work that need help. And then a bigger instance where this other Jedi comes to him for help. And you see like, he's not willing to put himself out there for that. Like nope. in a way he's lost faith in the Jedi and he's saying, you know, the fight is over, but he's also not willing to risk expo exposure, you know, obviously for himself and also for Luke. Like he's not drawing that attention. He's he's staying in hiding. He's putting the whole thing behind him until Luke comes of age, and like that's he's put all his eggs in that basket. And you know, civilians need help. Jedi need help. He's not picking up the lightsaber again for that. Yeah, and but at the same time, it's showing. I think a lot of times growing up, I always thought, okay, Obi Wan watched Luke, and so there's this one scene where he's he is definitely watching Luke through the binoculars and yep. everything. Yeah. But he's not watching him all the time. You know, he's trying like he's he's not trying to be the creepy guy. He's always like looking over the hill. How's Luke doing now? How's Luke doing now? He has he trusts Owen enough uh, it, to to do his thing, uh, but also kind of check up on him once. Yeah. Maybe one or twice, yeah. uh, uh, at least once or twice a week, I would assume. I don't, yeah, I don't know how, how often it is, but it's, a, it's often enough to make sure things are okay, but not too often to draw attention, because Luke needs to stay hidden, yeah. and that's why Obi-Wan won't do anything else to help anyone else out, because he can't draw attention to himself, because he's watching Luke. Yeah. Well, he's definitely pulling up the, the strange hermit thing right here. He does, he's not in his house that we've seen in A New Hope uh, at this point. He's just living in a cave. He has a droid uh, ring alarm system that, that goes yeah. off <laughs> and uh, lets him know if anybody's in, the, in his house. And, uh, um, you know, having evaporator parts stolen and resold back to him by Jawas. <laughs> yeah, he, does, he has a friend right there. He, has, he talks to his, his, his dealer right there, uh, his Jawa dealer, who, who got, brings him, of course, the T-16 Skyhopper toy that, uh, I don't know if this if this one is the one Luke is playing with or not. I mean, at first you assume, oh, that's how, oh, Owen gave it back to him, so. We'll, um, see. we'll I, see. I would assume he's probably going to get that back to Luke at some he's point. He's gotta. 
Just, yeah. just throwing yeah, through just the window. Seeing, just yeah. seeing paper airplanes. <laughs> just seeing the fins of that thing sticking out of the bag. It was like, like the Leo DiCaprio pointing meme. Yeah. So even in Star Wars, there's Star Wars collectibles. Right. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And apparently, it's very hard to find. They don't make them anymore. So I don't know. I have the Hasbro thing. one myself at home, so I have to see. 1997. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but Obi-Wan, of course, is being visited by multiple dreams. He's, he's, his nightmares, really, of, of, uh, of Anakin, him and Anakin, young Anakin. Uh, let's not focus too much on the fact that he's seeing Anakin doing stuff that he wasn't even present to see him do. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> not the important thing. The important thing is he's remembering Anakin as a young person. Uh, and and can't connect with Qui-Gon. Yes, yeah. he's yeah, and that was a that was a cool. If you, I'm sure everybody here has watched the recap. I love the recap that started off this episode. It's almost, I think, it's three and a half, four minutes long of the prequels, and it's just marvelous, just a fantastic edit of uh, the audio and the visuals put together. Um, Really, I, I got emotional watching this. This hard thing. I was like, uh, so. But the, it ending with Yoda talking about how to commune with him. I will yeah. teach you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh, I totally forgot. Like, well, of course. Like, we'll see that. Like, there's a lot of assumptions that would make. Like, oh, surely it's been ten years. I'm sure he's been able to talk with Qui Gon by this point. But no, apparently not. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and I, I like that aspect too. Again, of it playing into his him going through this whole phase of losing faith in the Jedi and, and putting that way behind him. And obviously I think over the course of the show, we'll see him reconnect that. I think this is going to be sort of one of those full circle moments that we come back around to at the end. I think this, the last episode is probably going to end with him communing with Qui-Gon and maybe also Yoda and uh, sort of rediscovering. I think Yoda's a bit of a stretch, but Qui-Gon for sure. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm just saying because we've seen things like in, uh, in rebels, we've seen Yoda communicate with yeah, people he can through do the it. force where he wasn't there. So it could be cool to have you know a forced I don't, communication Yoda doesn't between have the three anything of them. to do with this show though. But even if even if it's not Yoda, just seeing him finally be able to hear the voice of Qui Gon. Yes. Whereas at the beginning he's not able to. I think after uh, you know even like in the second episode we see him use the Force for the first time in however long it's been. We see him take his lightsaber with him. So once we see him kind of go on this journey of rediscovering himself and his faith in the Force, um, I think he'll finally be able to to tap back into it and hear that voice of Qui Gon. The behaviors of Obi Wan in this are very reminiscent to me of Luke in The Last Jedi with yeah. cutting himself off from the Force, not wanting to be involved, people asking him for help, saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And then you see the kind of the consequences of that. Perhaps it's because of Obi-Wan kind of cutting himself off from using the Force and, and, and not being as empathetic, perhaps, as he should be in some cases, that is not allowing him to speak to Qui-Gon. Yeah. yeah. And perhaps it's Obi-Wan not giving that that Jedi Padawan, the young Jedi help, is what leads him to getting captured and killed. Because mm -hmm. he's strung up. <laughs> yeah. All just hanging there. It's not good. Uh, of course, we're seeing Luke right there. I mean, uh, the follow-up of, of Obi-Wan seeing the nightmares of Anakin and, and pod racing, and then immediately seeing Luke pod racing as, as well was uh, something that was, you know, just hitting it home right there. Of course, meeting the, you were just mentioning the Jedi that came in for help, denying him. But this is really where I think the show took the first big twist, where yep. we're like, okay, I'm settling in, Obi-Wan, Tatooine, needs help, got it. All of a sudden, Alderaan, what? Okay, this is different. 
Uh, and then I remembered, oh yeah, that's right, they said uh, Jimmy Smith was going to be in this show. At the time, I just thought, well, of course, like, he was in Rogue One, you know, he came into a, a boardroom and said, hey, everybody, Bail Grana, out. Right. Um, and I thought it would be basically the same thing, not knowing that Leia would be such an integral part of at least these first two episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the other thing. Wait, Leia? Yeah. So yeah. you start seeing this girl... Um, it turns out it's a decoy, much like her mother would do decoys. I mean, this this to me, when the, the her alien friend right here came up, I was like, maybe inspired by Winter in the Timothy Zahn books, uh, with because I think Winter and Leia grew up together. I seem to remember. It's been so long since I've read those books, but uh, as soon as I saw that white skin and everything, it's like, is that Winter? And uh, probably we don't not. Know. Probably not. But whatever. Um, but Leia is out there climbing trees, looking at ships with Lola, her her droid. Also, by the way, this little actress just steals the scene every time she's on yeah. camera, and I can't handle it. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, she's absolutely adorable and so freaking talented and just nails the mannerisms of, you know, you think of like just the the fierce, rebellious you know, fighter and leader that Leia is and you see, it's like, oh yeah, that would be her as a 10 year old. That tracks. Yeah. And 100%. Lola, the droid is, uh, will be available for purchase. It's already at Star Wars oh. Celebration. They're already even showing like the toy versions of it and it looks like hot toy chink. Everybody is going to want that. Um, yeah. So back to Tatooine. Uh, Owen, of course, returns, uh, does a gift exchange for the uh, T-16, <laughs> throws it on the floor. Uh, but there's a great confrontation right here with Reva and Owen that was just intense. Yeah. Um, Cut the tension with a lightsaber. Yes, um, exactly. And really, I and love this scene. Almost did. You yes. Almost, I mean, she's got, she. Yeah. I mean, if she. I, I never thought that, especially after watching Rebels, that um, the fifth brother would be the voice of reason yeah. <laughs> when it came to <laughs> things, because Reva is like. He's, they're constantly trying to, to reel her in just so she's not doing crazy things like uh, killing half the town, yeah. <laughs> which she would probably do in order to get who, who she's looking for, that Jedi. But you can tell she's also... She's uh, hoping Obi-Wan is just around the corner. Yeah. 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 Around every corner, yeah, probably. I'm, I'm really interested to learn more of sort of the backstory with the Inquisitors and Obi-Wan because there seems to be something more there. Like maybe they were all going after Obi-Wan at one point and like couldn't find him and just kind of gave up on it. Um, because we know, you know, they talk about Reva like, oh, you know, she wants to gain Vader's favor by taking out Obi-Wan because they know that that's, you know, the, the Jedi that Obi-Wan, that Vader's got the most reason to want to hunt down. Um, but Reva certainly ha seems to have something personal there, aside from just ambition and, oh, I want Vader's favor. She's um, also one of the, like, most outwardly angry, like, dark yeah. side users I've seen. Like, Darth Maul is just, like, Fury incarnate, but he doesn't say a word. She's just, like, going to scream in your face, then cut your head off. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And or hand, like she just that yeah, one person yeah, who just says, "Hey, what are you doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> but again, it seems like every other Jedi that they go after, she's hoping will somehow lead them to Obi Wan. And there's some dialogue that kind of hints to like, hey, "We've been over this before. Like, Kenobi's gone. We're not going to find him." And Reva's like, "No, I am. Like, she's not willing to let this go." Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Obsessive. Yeah. I just love that when she goes up to you, "Is going to protect them from me?" I was just like, "Yeah, Ooh. yeah." But but and I gotta say, Joel Edgerton. 
he is nailing this Owen voice. Like in episode two, and he comes and goes, I guess I'm your stepbrother. Uh, and he's just kind of doing a voice, you know, just a normal voice. All of a sudden, he's getting into Phil Brown kind of like. Old know, Owen territory. Owen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's turning into a crusty old farmer yeah. now. So. You, is that it's sand, really it gets good. in your lungs and it gets in your throat. And, and before you but of know course, it. You know, right before this, he has that confrontation with Obi-Wan where he says, uh, you know, the line from the trailer that everybody talks about where he's like, you know, he must be trained when he comes of age. And no one's like, like, you trained his father. But then we get more of that conversation that we didn't see in the trailer where he says, uh, you know, he's like, Anakin's dead. Like, you know, let it go. Move on. I'm but not like, going to let you make, I'm that, not gonna mistake let you make that mistake again with Luke. Um, and it's interesting because obviously we're dealing with Obi-Wan and so much of his trauma over losing... Anakin and you know but we're going to deal with Anakin coming back as Vader and all that stuff but to to Owen who doesn't know that and just thinks that Anakin's dead it's like well yeah why would you want to let the guy that trained him be around your kid and try to do the same thing with him you know it's definitely an understandable uh kind of difference of opinion in the the two different ways that these two guys want to go about uh protecting Protecting, Luke they they both want what's best for him but they have vastly different perspectives on that and they're both totally understandable Mm -hmm. yep Well, cutting back to Alderaan once again, we have a really uh, annoying cousin uh, of Leia. (laughs) They have this confrontation. She basically just tells him his life story and says, you're pathetic. Yeah. You can live with it. But, um, but in that, but I love this scene because, I mean, she knows, like, without the cousin saying anything, she's like, you're scared of your father. You're doing, you know, all these things. And I'm like, oh, she's totally using the force right now to, yeah. to tell him exactly what's going on in his brain right now. And I don't think, like, not intentionally using no, the force. She's totally not, doing, not She's not doing a Jedi mind trick or anything, but because of those innate abilities, like she just has that sense about people that I think you know she at this age she doesn't even realize what this is you know it's just a thing that that kind of sets her apart that she's not going to obviously come into till later in life but I like that they're showing those seeds of that like obviously so much of it is going to be focused on protecting Luke because he's the next generation of Jedi but it's like well don't forget Leia's force sensitive too so yeah that was really cool to see uh, a really cool scene between Bale and Leia out on the balcony uh, follows where he thinks he got, gets to her. But, of course, that doesn't uh, work. I love her uh, acting in this scene especially because there's, you know, just the little moments where she just looks out and she exhales and you can really see what's going on. Again, uh, it, it, she's, she's a kid, but she has some really great moments of uh, right here. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, she doesn't get through to her. And we see in his best performance since Point Break, Flea. (laughs) Or Back to the Future 2 and 3. I was really hoping that his character would be a variation of Needles or something like that. But um, no, I forget his name. It's not nothing like Needles. I was like, darn. Uh, But Flea is there and he kidnaps Leia. They run through the forest in a... Jason, you were saying Leia doesn't really know how to run that well. No, she she needs to get a little around. bit of speed behind those legs. <laughs> but it's adorable. Too. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. yeah, that was it, it, maybe one minor gripe with this episode. I watched it again last night. It was like, yeah, this scene goes on a little too long for like you're watching it knowing she's gonna get kidnapped. It's like we don't need to see her outrunning like full-grown bounty hunters. It's like we know this is gonna end up with her getting kidnapped and Obi-Wan going to rescue her. We know Leia grows up to be this capable rebel fighter. It's not, you know, it's not doing it disservice to her character to see her get outrun as a kid. (laughs) Well, of course she gets kidnapped. Uh, They do a distress call to Obi-Wan on that awesome uh, holographic thing that, uh, you know, Obi-Wan has kept stored. Um, And he says no. Nope. 
And uh, then Bale doesn't take no for an answer. Exactly. And actually shows up. Shows up the next day. Uh, so, but I really did love this because for the longest time, I was always say there's no reason for, they, they gotta come up with a good reason for Obi-Wan to leave Tatooine. Obi-Wan stays on Tatooine, and as first you see this trailer and he's on a different planet, it's not Tatooine. You're like, well, they better have, I guess the Empire is doing something? I don't know, why would Obi-Wan be going on this mission? Oh, of course, the twin sister. Yeah. Uh, how I did not, and I'm sure there's people in here that thought it ahead of time, and I'm good for you, but I'm dumb. <laughs> I never thought that, and it, and it made perfect sense to yeah. me. It made it made total logical sense to me that yes, and he even like says she, she's just as important, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and and you're the only one that knows really how important she is. Mm -hmm. I can't just send off some people who are just gonna do a you know well we couldn't find her, yeah, <laughs> right, I, or I need more money, give me more money so I can really find her. No, he's he knows that Obi Wan's gonna get the job done, so. Uh, Got to rearm himself. Yeah. Uh, again, I thought that was interesting that Obi-Wan just was so done with it. Like, he kept some of his stuff stored up. But, yeah, I was expecting at least the, the saber to be with him. But, no, it's both sabers, both him and his and Anakin's were buried somewhere in the middle of the desert, just yeah. like he told that uh, the other Jedi, Jedi to do. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which was interesting, too, because, like, I can understand why he would bury his own to kind of put that behind him. But, like, it makes you wonder, did he always, from the beginning, like in Revenge of the Sith, when he picked up... Luke's or Anakin's lightsaber and then of course delivers Anakin's kids was he already thinking I'm going to give this lightsaber to his kids one day like maybe not because he buried that one too you know which just made me think like oh we've seen him give this lightsaber to Luke was there a point in time where he you know was thinking he was just going to bury it and not use it anymore hmm. um, going off planet and this was a really cool scene right here, yeah. too, seeing the clone uh, war veteran. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's also a member of the 501st when you look at his uniform and everything. So seeing him, I mean, this is just great. I mean, we, Jason and I were talking last night how good Lucasfilm is at you're in the same, hey, you're filming this. Can you come over here and do a quick thing over in our yeah. thing hey, as well? Hey, you're yeah. filming Boba Fett. You want to come <laughs> over to the Obi-Wan stage and just put on a clone <laughs> Exactly. But it was an, especially in this series that really functions as kind of like a sequel to the prequel trilogy. It was yeah, it was just a nice callback to see like these clones that were so integral to that. Like see what's happened to them now under the Empire. And it's not nice. Yeah. Nope. No. One thing I wanted tossed to, aside. One thing I wanted to call back to you real quick, just because now we're in the second episode. But just the way that first episode ended, where after Obi Wan digs the the lightsaber up, uh -huh. and then you see him going to that transport ship, and the lady's like, "Hey, you coming?" And he takes a moment to just kind of stop and think about it, and uh, then you know he proceeds forward and just kind of has the the brief, slight, you know, subtle brush of his cloak where you see the lightsaber under it. it was just such a cool way to end that, and you know, just such a, a sort of quiet, thoughtful moment, but one that means so much, because I think the whole purpose of that first episode was that you really see how much, uh, I don't know, effort and just how meaningful it is to him to even be going on this journey in the first place, to, to be willing to step away from Luke and be willing to pick up his lightsaber again and be kind of going on this Jedi-ish kind of adventure and uh, be, be kind of accepting that call again. Um, just to see the the depths that he's in in that first episode and to end it on that on that note with him 
just nice again, little, it, not not a, a heroic nice moment of him, like, uh, you know, igniting the lightsaber or anything, but just that little brush of the cloak and seeing it hanging there again was so meaningful. Absolutely. This also might, by the way, I think I just realized this might be one of the few times Tomorrow Morrison has actually been in a clone trooper outfit because in episode two and three, it was mostly just his head, wasn't That's it? Right, like Lucas yeah, was yeah, very was, much adamant were, that all the clone troopers were going to be CGI yeah, and even armor was CGI. so. I mean, who knows? I, I assume he probably did. Well, a couple, couple times, but yeah, he didn't wear it that. Anyway, <laughs> so now we meet we, another Jedi. Jedi, quote, quote unquote. unquote. <laughs> um, he con man. Yes, Camille and Johnny plays him, and it was. Re- I mean, this is a really funny guy. I really love the scene, just as the psychic kind of hotline. I'm doing guy. a Jedi mind trick on you. <laughs> yes. You can feel me in your mind. I can feel you in my mind. Yes. Um, <laughs> Obi-Wan, of course, you know, I love this scene because he doesn't really admit to being, I don't think he really admits to being a Jedi in this. He goes, nope, what do you no. know about the Force? He goes, I just know it's a lot of magnets and, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. He's not saying, like, I'm a Jedi and I know you're fake. He's just like, I know the Force is magnets and yeah. I know that you're just a trickster. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So he goes off to find uh, Leia uh, and we go to this kind of spice Layer right here where this alien's going jabba 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 glitter skim jabba blah blah blah, which I thought was really funny. Uh, and we've all waited for it. It's Breaking Bad. No, it's not Breaking Bad. It's Breaking Ben. Breaking <laughs> Ben. Yes. And go into the spice. And so he they'll quickly. Make, they'll make a spinoff series better called Mall. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so he makes a spice thing explode, gets the distraction, pass, goes past the guards, eventually gets captured. However, uh, he throws down this container of spice that this girl outside gave him, which I just found out this morning that the girl who hands him that spice is actually his daughter, Ewan McGregor's daughter. Really? Which, yeah, I, I just That's found that crazy. out. Which is funny, because she's talking about, oh yeah, I used to be somebody's daughter too. Yeah. To her it's like, dad. It's like, wow, that's so cool. Again, I just, yeah. I hope that's true. That's what I read, and I was like, that's cool. I hope it's true. Yeah. yeah. If it's not, I'm sorry, but that's what I heard. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, so he finally does find Leia, and uh, the... the <laughs> The interaction of these two for the rest of this episode is really great. The the way she tr- trusts, doesn't trust him. Uh, Even though she fantastic. jumps him when he comes into her prison cell, like for, oh, well, yeah. first he finds a, a fake that's you know a yes. trap, and the the bounty hunters come in yep. to try to trap him in there. And I love how he like throws the spice down and then puts his mask on real quick, and they all like get high and pass out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he goes and finds the cell that Leia is actually in. And as soon as he walks in the door, she jumps out from the shadows and like smacks him with a chair or something. And it reminded me of like something Anakin would have done. I think there's a Clone Wars episode where Anakin go, or Obi-Wan goes to break Anakin out of jail and Anakin like jumps down from the ceiling and attacks him and is like, yeah, she's just like her dad. Well, and also what I really got from this is like, you know, later on of course we're used to like Leia in the, in the Death Star cell, which you know, she, I always assume like, okay, she knows Obi-Wan Kenobi, help me when Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this is great to show that she knows who this guy is, but also that she knows his alias as well because like, Ben, yeah. and that's I'm why... here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi, where is yeah, it's like oh, and now so- we know why she names her son Ben. Yeah, exactly. So this is it. Really ties in so much more to how important uh, Obi Wan is to the Skywalker family. Uh, yeah, when I first heard uh, about you know Ben Skywalker or Ben Solo, I should say, um, I just thought, oh, that's nice. You know, Luke said he name him Ben, please, please, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. But no, it's actually it's very important to to Leia as well, um, which was awesome. 
Well, the Inquisitors are in town. They've, they, you know, they're having these confrontations. And Riva uh, is on the rampage again. Yeah. There's this cool alien, by the way, that I think is selling him clothes or something like that. Very reminiscent to the alien that's seen uh, who buys uh, Luke's Landspeeder, this kind of fly-eyed alien. I just thought it was kind of a remake of that because if you look at the original alien in New Hope, they keep him in the background for a reason. He doesn't look that good. So there were a nice lot to, of there are a lot of fun alien designs on this planet. I love the one like dinosaur bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a lot of classic designs, but still uh, designs I I, I liked. Uh, I always, you know what? When in doubt, Star Wars, please put just a bunch of Rodians in the background, and I'll yeah. be happy. Yeah. I didn't see any Rodians, but whatever. No Rodians, no Twi'leks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Inquisitor. She puts out uh, an APB in, on every bounty hunter in the second to look for Obi-Wan, which makes the Grand Inquisitor very upset. Yeah. And, uh... Well, and of course, it was also Reva that hired that original group of bounty hunters to kidnap Leia to draw Obi-Wan out in the first place. And that yeah. leads to some tension where the Grand Inquisitor's like, you're getting too ambitious. Like, you've kidnapped a senator's daughter. We didn't sanction this. And Yeah. She plays by her own rules. She's not playing by their rules and... Uh, they're going to deal with it yeah. after this. Or she's going to deal with it. Mm. Great moment here with uh, Leia and uh, Obi-Wan for starting off with the, with Lola, who's been crushed. And she won't make any noises. She's all crushed. And he says, good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, adorable. Uh, but, you know, they do have that little bonding moment. But she and finds out that you're the reason, or, you know. They're all hunting you. They're looking for you for me. And so and that's yeah. why she. I'm out of here. Yep. She escapes. She's running away. I love this little thing going through the legs because it reminded me so much of the scene, deleted scene in A New Hope. If you're a fan of the holiday special, don't worry. They used this here. But yeah, okay. going through the legs of a tall creature, uh, I thought was very reminiscent of that. Uh, there's that dinosaur bounty hunter, Kyle, that you were talking about, which I just thought he looked uh, like super. a raptor. Just a raptor. My wife thought he looked like somebody who's, who was in the Super Mario Brothers movie who just got <laughs> into, into, the, into the Star Wars things. But he looked cool. Uh, Reva is, is watching this from afar. She's doing a, some weird jumps and everything everything like Parkour. that. Parkouring all the way from building to building to get to them. Leia, of course, falls off. And this is where we see Obi-Wan. Finally use the Force. Yes. And it's not easy. This is something where in the Clone Wars animated series, they were jumping off cliffs and just like, and Force, like gentle down. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't yeah. need parachutes. Um, now, however, of course, you put it down for 10 years and you're, you know, you got you to strain. Yeah. Now, this was also one thing that I don't know, I maybe wish had been done a little bit differently. Because anybody else in here played Jedi Fallen Order? So it was like, yeah, to see someone you care about fall almost to their death, and then the Jedi, who's not supposed to be using the Force, reaches out to save the person and slow them down and, and stop. I was like, wait, we've seen this before. Um, but it was still a, a cool way to, like, obviously a big moment for Obi-Wan using the Force for the first time in 10 oh. years. Like you said, doing something that used to be easy, and it's, now, like, he's kind of straining to do it. It's also, they did it this way because Leia said when she first met him and was like, oh, you're a Jedi? Make me float. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love that scene. Make exactly. me float. 
And I was like, oh, that's... No. This is like I'm dealing with my niece right now. This is like, <laughs> please... Stop. Yeah. And I love when she's going off about like, oh, people aren't who you really think they are. And blah, blah, blah. And Obi-Wan's like, how old are you? And she's like, 10. And she's like, you don't sound like you're 10. She's like, yeah. no, thank you. In but, eight years, she'll be a senator. So, right? right. So yeah. she's got Maybe gotta, less than that. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, I, I know. I guess I got to I mean, read Padme, that. Padme was a queen at 14. So the I got to read the, the the book Leia that came out a while ago. Uh, by, I think Claudia Gray wrote that, I think. Yeah. So I got to read that. I think that deals a lot with young, kind of like a great in between book for this. Um, well, our scammer Jedi comes back. It turns out he's not all bad. So he said, I'll go help you. I'll distract her. Here's a little thing. Take this thing. Get off the planet on this automated transport. So everything's going to work. He just thinks everything's going to work out okay. And of course it doesn't. Yeah. Um, no. Gets his mind searched. So Reva can find out where Obi-Wan is. And we have this semi-confrontation. She's trying to get Obi-Wan out. She's taunting him. Taunting. She's just so happy that she's this close that she's already celebrating her victory before it's actually happened. And we do not see a lightsaber fight. This is, very, by the way, this is very, he, Obi-Wan's ready. He has his lightsaber at, at the ready to, to do what he needs to do. But this felt, of course, this is where she, he finds out that Anakin is alive. Yep. Uh, I mean, he's kept so low. This is one thing that made me very confused because, you, you know, playing, you know, the Force Unleashed and stuff and, and reading the Vader book and stuff like the, that that came out of Turinja the Sith, you know, that version of Vader is out terrorizing the galaxy pretty pretty early on and people yeah. know his name is which makes me think of two things that he because just hearing Anakin Vader is the thing that makes him know right away because yeah. he knows Anakin turned to, to, to Darth Darth Vader. Yeah. Vader. Yeah. I mean in Revenge of the Sith they, he and Yoda are watching that hologram and you hear right. um Palpatine tells him, yeah, no, Lord Vader, go and bring peace. And so, yeah, he yeah. knows. Obi-Wan's gone off the grid, though, so much yeah. that yeah. he does not even know about this. Or perhaps even Anakin, I mean, he's at, see, at the end of this episode, he's in a tube. So maybe he's, he, maybe he's focusing a lot of his time, actually, on really healing as much as he can. Uh, and maybe his Inquisitors are doing a lot of the dirty work for him, which yeah. obviously they are. You know? I mean, I think that's, like, yeah, like the, the Inquisitors are out doing a lot of the Jedi hunting. That's kind of their, their purpose. But I think... At least maybe within the, the inner core worlds of the Empire and stuff, like maybe more people know who Vader is. But I do think it makes sense that on yeah. a secluded little backwater like the outer, Ukraine, the and, outer rim has no idea. Yeah, and especially with Obi-Wan intentionally being as secluded as he is, you know, he's not he's not trying to gather intel. He's not trying to find out what's going on in Obi-Wan the Obi-Wan doesn't pay a cable bill. Um, <laughs> this <because> is <laughs> that would be paperwork. <laughs> but this is but again, just the, the revelation scene of uh, the Jedi hiding, the other person's doing revelations. It kind of flipped the, uh, the script a little bit, but in Return of the Jedi with Vader and Luke, yeah, uh, that, with the oh, sister revelation sister. and everything, I was just like, this is so cool. Sister. Just seeing those those uh, those notes hitting over and over again in Star Wars uh, is it's so like much fun. It Finally, the, the Grand Inquisitor comes in, and I'm like, okay, this is this is you know she's going to shut things down, and that I did not see coming up. Inquisitor Shish Kebab, yeah. uh, and he. 
I mean, we. Th- I mean, he's not dead. He's not dead. He's in rebels. His, <laughs> which was very confusing watching this happen. I, I thought they might have some kind of lightsaber fight, and then they, you know, Reva would get away, or nope. she might, she might. And I even thought maybe she'll force, you know, force push him into a wall or into. Yeah, the things will fall out. on top of him. Um, but, but to just stab him through the gut. I was and then like, he's laying there, kind of pretty life. He looks more lifeless than Cad Bane did at the, at the end of Boba <laughs> Fett. Like he looks dead, and his eyes are like just the open dead stare and the no breathing so I mean pop him in a back to tank for I guess the majority of the episodes and then he should be back for the the, uh, the yeah, series maybe Rebels. He's, maybe but... he's got a, a mechanical Fennec Shan stomach in Rebels. Sure that never I mean seen. Yeah, yeah that's the thing um, anyway. But it gets him out of the way so that she can kind of try and take control I think. I think that's what it is at least for a little bit yeah. Well, we're left with Obi-Wan having an existential crisis, and he is out, again, sensing, you know, it's probably searching out, which then leads right to really Anakin Vader, you know, staring right back at, uh, you know, one can only assume that they're connecting at some uh, level in the force right there with each other. Well, that's how the episode ends, but there's a few things to look out for that we did see in the trailer that were not in the first two episodes. Just a few shots. Of course, we see Reva right here going into a hangar bay, uh, Imperial hangar bay. She's by herself. We might see these in the next episode coming up. At the time, not seeing the Grand Inquisitor right here wasn't a big deal, but obviously now we know well, there's three of these, Grand Inqu- these Inquisitors now, not, uh, not, not four. four. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's in the back to tank now. So we'll be seeing them sh- uh, using these kind of uh, look, look kind of like escape pods, these transports to, to shoot from their uh, location to uh, the upper ship, perhaps. Um, one thing that I thought was cool, well, here's a droid. That's right, this droid shooting stormtroopers. We get yeah, to we look forward to that. Um, there is a shot in the trailer where uh, Reva's like fighting off some lasers and, you know, could only assume at the time, especially after seeing the robot that, oh, it must be the good guy shooting at her. But after we see a shot of our, you know, other two Inquisitors, we see this shot right here where I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. are the, did they find out about what happened to the Grand Inquisitor at this point? I'm sure she's, if I was Reva, I would say, oh, yeah, Obi-Wan stabbed him, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's Obi-Wan. And then maybe, uh, but maybe she try, tries and fails to stage a coup and tries to take over that, that vacuum left. Exactly. The and these troopers. Like, no, we're on to you. But you know what? I take it back. I take it completely back because now that I'm looking at this, that's Reva actually right there at the far right end. So that's yeah. not it. But so, they, that, that doesn't mean they couldn't still turn on her, though. Yeah, I'm still thinking that. I mean, they're in an imperial uh, thing, so that could definitely happen. Yeah. There's something. Maybe she's. Maybe that's the coup that's going on right there. Who knows? But we have Obi-Wan right there. Uh, originally, I thought this is Obi-Wan captured. But no, he might just be out there communicating with Anakin. Uh, you know, over the forest. It'll be interesting to see if we have a confrontation with Vader and, and Obi-Wan in this, because even though, of course, uh, we're, Anakin, you know, my brother, I was talking to my brother, he's like, he, they can't meet, because he says to him, the last time we met, I was about to learn, and now I'm the master, you know, stuff like that. Well, but he, he says, when I left you. When I left you. He doesn't there say we go. the last time we saw you. See, I'm getting it mixed up, because uh, Anakin has a way of... of, uh, of uh, 
overemphasizing things, such as when he yeah. meets Count Dooku and he That's says, true. you know, my, I, powers, my, have my powers have doubled since the last time. My powers have doubled since the last time. Last week. Two months ago, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, uh, that, that should be interesting. Would you guys like to see them have a confrontation? Oh, yes. I think we absolutely are going to. I mean, they've already said, like, when they announced that Hayden Christensen was coming back, I think Kathleen Kennedy dubbed it as, like, the rematch of the century. Um, Ewan has done some interviews where he talked about, like, oh, we get to have another swing at each other. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think just, you know, with, with Obi-Wan and Vader in A New Hope being the first lightsaber fight ever, and now it's a lot more, you know, kind of slow pace compared to a lot of the duels and the prequels and stuff, to get to go back and see an Obi-Wan versus Vader fight with more of that prequel-style choreography with those actors who obviously are so skilled um, in their lightsaber fighting from the prequel days, I think that's just going to be fantastic to see. And, yeah, I think especially, you know, setting up this early, the connection between Anakin and Obi-Wan, I think that's just sort of lighting a fuse that's going to be a slow burn throughout the series and I think maybe episode 5 but probably episode 6 we're going to get a big showdown between the two of them well we got a microphone it's time for some uh, some questions and stuff you guys have any thoughts things that, things that you noticed you can make your way to the, the microphone right yep, there that would be have awesome anything that they want to um, talk about any, any cool moments that were your favorites or you know questions that you know we might be able to give a perspective on or something <laughs> yes sir I just had a question about the motivation of Reva hiring the bounty hunters in the first place. Uh, basically, the uh, the Inquisitors were taking over her show, and she didn't want uh, them to catch Kenobi. So she hired all the bounty hunters, and they were supposed to report directly to her. So that way, she circumvented everything. No, no, oh. I understand that. Oh, yeah. My point is, is her reasoning behind hiring her to draw out Obi Wan. How did she know that they had a connection? Oh, but Bale. And yeah, so it. she mentioned... Through, um, through her foster father or actually Anakin? Like Anakin talking to her and she, saying, hey, I have kids out there. You might be able to... Well, Anakin doesn't know he's got kids out there. I yeah, that's true. Like, Anakin, Anakin, Anakin doesn't know he has he kids. Know. I thought he thought that they died with Padme or something. Like yeah, that. no, and it's not so much... I don't... I don't think she knows the importance of Leia. Like yeah. she, she's not she's not trying to kidnap Leia because she's Anakin's daughter. She says she says a line in the episode that's like she did some research in the, the Jedi archives or whatever, and mm -hmm. she knows that Bale and Obi Wan have a have connection, connection that they work together during the Clone Wars or something. Which is funny because like we never see Obi Wan and Bale that closely together in the Clone Wars, aside from like them surviving together in Revenge of the Sith. But it's kind of that same thing like in A New Hope when Leia says, you know, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars, and so Reva says, oh, Obi Wan and Bale have a connection, so if I kidnap Bale's daughter, he's, like he's going to reach out to. If Obi anything would draw Obi Wan out, that might be it. So she's kind of taking a gamble. It's not a for sure, like oh, it's Anakin's kid, so Obi Wan's going to be there. I felt like they were implying that, not the yeah. Which obviously, I mean, and that is the case, but Reva doesn't necessarily know that, but she does know the connection between Bale and Obi Wan, and she's kind of banking on that. It, yeah, it, it made it seem like she knew that. Yeah, her and real important, and not like yeah. half of her. And I and I my my when I was watching the episode with my wife as well she had that same thing like well, how does she know about the leia being important she's like she doesn't know about it that's it's uh, but that that's how that's how wonderful you know the star wars is sometimes funny, how it, much it does, you know what they don't know it, yeah it gets a little <laughs> tricky thinking about like okay now what do we know at this time period and what did the characters know and who knows what and who doesn't know what and you know it's, it's kind of a lot of connections to juggle especially but. when you get a character thrown in like leia who we weren't expecting or, yeah yeah. yeah, exactly. So anybody, anybody call that? Anybody call Leia in the show? No, I didn't. No. In <laughs> fact, it's funny because I was watching it again last night, and the scene when um, 
when Obi-Wan is walk, like he's walking with Leia into like the hangar and he's telling her about Padme you know Leia's being or yeah she's being all you know kind of stubborn and precocious and Obi-Wan goes you know he, he kind of stops and smiles and says you know you remind me of my friend and she was you know brave and she was a leader and you know she died but um, and it's like oh sweet he's talking about Padme and it kind of didn't even click for me the first time like oh yeah that's her mom like it's just like <laughs> oh yeah this character that we love from the prequels that Obi-Wan knew and, and Leia reminds him it's like oh yeah that was her mom too you know so it's like it's, there's a lot of interpersonal connections and it's just you know it, it kind of makes me even though I don't think um, Natalie Portman is going to be in this I, yeah. I, I think it's a slight possibility perhaps in these night dream nightmare things that they're they're setting up with flashbacks and you have Hayden Christensen and you had Natalie who was filming Thor you know again this is this is a, a more of a hope than anything uh Ewan McGregor was on Good Morning America a few weeks ago and they said would you like to work with Natalie Portman on a Star Wars thing sometime and he at the time I was he was like oh yeah if she wants to sure whatever and he was being kind of weird about it and at the time I thought well that's just you know that's not going to happen but after seeing this first episode and many flashbacks and then referring to Padme and everything, I was thinking well, they brought Hayden back and I mean, I don't want to see Hayden necessarily always in that the bald cap and, yeah. and also like, you're, if you're going to be in the suit like, one would assume that it's going to be James Earl Jones or somebody else doing the Vader voice, it's not going to be a Hayden voice, so why not do some, a uh, flashback why not do a uns, uh, not seen live action part of uh, the Clone Wars or something like yeah. that. We could, that's something I was hoping to see going into the show but after the first episode and seeing how many flashbacks they did just using like Revenge of the Sith footage, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not so sure now if we're going to get like actually yeah. filmed like new flashbacks. I was scenes. I was but waiting to see, like, are they going to show, like, yeah, I thought the same thing, like, are they going to show any animated scenes? Because that would look kind of, as much as I love the animated series, it would look weird going from yeah. live action to animated right yeah. in his dream. Yeah. Um, I'm so I'm glad that they didn't, but I'm, I'm kind of sad that they didn't figure out a different uh, solution to it. Yeah. But we, we have we have four yeah. episodes left. There's a, a lot, lot of things. I mean, like, in two episodes, <laughs> as soon as I saw Leia show up, then I'm like, then anything's possible in this yeah. show. Right. Because I don't know what they're going to do. Any other questions yet? Uh, I just have one more. Folks. Mm-hmm. Um, just at the end there, just uh, oh sorry, um, with Obi Wan, his um, uh, how they explain. Oh, excuse me, not with Obi Wan, with the Grand Inquisitor. Um, I didn't. I mean, I heard what you guys were saying a little bit on how they. But how would you say they explained away, or why are you so confident that they are going to bring him back? Because he does die at the end of. In Rebels, yeah, and th- yeah, this Rebels is, and this show takes place, you know, about six, seven years before Rebels. So, yeah. uh, I, why are you so confident? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but sorry. why are you so confident that he's going to come back? Because I am, because he's obviously going to be in Rebels. But yeah. you seem like you saw maybe another scene or something. No, no, no it's, it's just because he is in Rebels, and because the attention that uh, the the whole story group has been paying to. You know, make sure that the animated series line up with the live action series. Right. They're not going to just kill off a major character from the first season of Rebels uh, in a live action show just because it's convenient. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not just the yeah. story group, but also like Deborah Chow, who directed this. I know she consulted directly with Dave Filoni on The Inquisitors because he's the one that created them for the animated show. And so she wanted his input on translating that to live action. So I don't think she would go through the effort to be like, hey, Dave, help me. Uh, recreate the Grand Inquisitor in live action so that he matches up with your animated show, and then I'm just going to kill him off with no explanation. So we we got to have some information, some whether we actually see him again or just at least 
He's, so, he's going to go into a back to tank. Yeah, and his head will get stretched out, yeah. and he'll look more like the one version that we're used <laughs> to in Rebels. Is, yeah, just even something as small as a throwaway line of dialogue that the Grand Inquisitor is recovering from his injuries. Something that lets us know he's not dead because we know just canonically right. he can And can't I think, be. and I think you said it, Jason. Yourself, like we've, like if. Like uh, Fennec Shen, you get shot if you get, you know, the right. Uh, you know, Kyle, you said that. So I yeah. don't care. But it's a good point. You, you, right, you can get right hit in the stomach. You can, you can get and you can survive the stomach. Take him back to well, Tatooine so, and find that mod parlor guy. Do you, yeah. think, do you think that's kind of how they were explaining they were already getting ready for this to happen with Fennec Shen getting shot in the gut? Probably. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, possibly. It, like their anticipation it, that they do. It could be, but it's also probably coincidence too. So I don't know. I mean, Deborah, I mean, Deborah Chow was involved the, in both, so... The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities. Some, some consider to be unnatural. Yeah. And there's a lot of dark side users in that Inquisitor fortress. Yeah, so. that's true. Getting stabbed is a lot uh, yeah. better than getting cut in half. Did uh, anybody else have any questions yes. or anything? Yes, sir. At first, when I see the mother and son in that, with that fake Jedi, mm -hmm. I was thinking Han Solo. Because they were going to Corella. Malcorelia, yeah. Oh. Like, what, uh, what do you think about that? I don't think so because Solo was supposed to take place right around the same time, and yeah. he's older. Yeah, Han so wouldn't be Han wouldn't be that young. That would be cool though. Yeah, but Han I, probably would have been. I don't think the time. I also got the sense up. that I don't. Of course, this is you know Camille Nanjani's character is talking about the son being. Uh, I got the the feeling that he was saying the boy is like some sort force of young, sensitive. force sensitive himself yeah. or something. Yeah. Which they, now that you know it's not he doesn't have anything to do with the force. It doesn't well, they mean they kind anything. of implied that, but they all I was like, is that just part of the scam that he's like, oh, your son is important. Let me help you smuggle him away. Give me money. Give me you know, money yeah, because yeah. he's so, so important. Who knows if he actually was or not? But yeah, you're right. I mean, Han would be too old for that at this point because this is right around the same time period as Solo. Yeah, yeah. it would be cool, but yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. And I just freaked out when that lady's hand got cut off. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Question way in the back. If you could come up closer to the microphone or something. She's yeah. making her way. So whoever. Yeah. The one thing I will say that I wish if, there if was. multiple people want to come up, you can line up. Yeah. yeah. You can line up at the microphone. The one thing I wish there. was they're making their way is the, the, the public square in Moss Eisley. I wish there was more aliens in there. It seems there's too many, any more integrated uh, city life there. Uh, yes. Sorry if you addressed this because I came in late, but with Jedi Survivor just being announced mm -hmm. at the exact same time period as Kenobi going on, are you expecting to see some interaction between Cal Kestis and Kenobi? Maybe even mm. in like, the game, if not the series? That would definitely be a cool intro, especially because the main protagonist looks like his video game character. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. However, I think I'm worried that if they introduced uh, Cal into this, that would uh, be too much of a diversion in a six episode arc yeah. where they kind of have to keep things as focused on as few players as possible. Yeah, I, yeah. It I, would be cool, uh, but I don't think so because I think Obi-Wan is trying to keep as low a profile as possible and if he runs into another Jedi, <laughs> that's going to cause even more problems for Obi-Wan. And, so, and for Cal as well. I mean, that would yeah. be kind of like, it would be funny to kill I, Cal off before the video game came out. Even. Yeah, uh, I, I, think, I think it would be cool for Cal, but for Obi-Wan, I think it would be kind of redundant because just like we see in this first episode where he runs into this other Jedi and he's like, 
you didn't see me. Like, I, we're not doing the Jedi thing. And even now that he's out there to protect Leia, I think if he were to run into another Jedi, he still wouldn't be like, whoa, whoa, whoa like, I'm not looking to join up and, and continue the Jedi fight here. I'm looking to rescue the princess, get her back home, and get back to protecting Luke. So, um, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank, thank, you. You. thank you. All right. We got, to, we got four minutes and three questions. Let's do this. All right. So at the end of episode two, and, uh, and Reva's telling Obi-Wan that you know, Vader wants to see him, and she says that Anakin Skywalker is alive, I was under the impression that not really anyone knew that Anakin was Vader. So how do you think that she knows that? I'm Vader's very... been training the Inquisitors, hasn't he? Well, yes, but I'm I'm interested to find that out too because I want to know like because I was under the same impression that like not really anybody knew who Vader right. was. So I want to know is, does he share that with the Inquisitors or Reva kind of being the rogue one and yeah. doing her own? You know, she's she's scoured the Jedi archives for information on Obi Wan and stuff, and she knows the connection between him and Bail Organa. Does she also know? You know, does she kind of piece together things about Anakin and Obi Wan and? and Anakin just disappearing after Order 66, and does she kind of come to that conclusion on her own? Well, I think we'll probably get that answer during the series, especially if she is, like, the only Inquisitor who knows he's Anakin. Yeah, and the, the other thing is, is most of the Inquisitors are former Jedi that decided to switch sides in order to not be killed, so some of them might know... Anakin anyways. Yeah. So, Especially if they I saw mean, him enter the temple. Even if you knew him as a Jedi, it's not like you would just recognize him in the Vader suit with the James Earl Jones voice. No, so. no, but there's enough issues that come up and, you know, enough people are suspicious. Tarkin, yeah. Tarkin knows. A few. You yeah. know, and Palpatine. Certainly, you know, certainly throughout some of the yeah. recent books and comics and stuff, there have been a lot more people that have figured it out. Yeah. Um, but I hope they address that in the show and it's, it's like, why? How does, how does Reva know that? It's a good thing she didn't look up the Skywalkers in the phone book when she landed on Tatooine because that would have been bad. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah. And we have uh, one last question here. So yes. it's just a comment on the T-16 Skyhopper yes. scene. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's... Uh, so the T-16 Skyhopper is featured in like a in the movie and a couple of the Lego video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in a great game from the 90s called... Uh, Rebel, oh gosh, I forget who it's called. The Rebel Assault. Rebel Assault. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. training missions. <laughs> yeah. Trying to go through the, the, trying to go through the needle because it's very much like, mm, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it was really cool to see that because I didn't expect it. Yeah, know? I didn't either. Just Obviously, Anakin has his toys and one of them almost looks like a Naboo Starfighter in The Phantom Menace. So, and yeah. then, of course, we see Luke playing with that T-16 in A New Hope. So it was nice to go, oh, that's how he got it. Yeah. So, yeah. Although Owen doesn't want him to have it. Yeah. Well, we have two more panels, ladies and gentlemen. If, if for some reason you actually liked listening to us, which you're here there right now, so apparently you at least put up with us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the future of Star Wars here at Phoenix Fan Fusion. How's everyone's day going so far? A nice smattering of applause. That's fantastic. Okay, no, no, no. How's everyone's day doing so far? Yay! I saw a person in a costume. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about the future of Star Wars, and we're gonna, there's a lot of, like, we're talking like late-breaking stuff. While most of you might have been just enjoying yourself with your friends and your family, eating your lunch or watching a panel, me and these two guys were just frantically going over Twitter, going, what's going on now? So For those who don't know, Star Wars Celebration is happening right now in Anaheim, the same weekend this convention is, and they're announcing a ton of new stuff. 
for Star Wars. And uh, not only are they announcing a ton of new stuff this whole weekend, they had a Mandalorian panel that ended about an hour ago, and so we've got new details. We've got some uh, footage that was only shown there, but ended up on Twitter, and we snagged it, and we're going to show it to you guys before it gets taken down. So lots yeah. of cool stuff. So, hooray. Uh, that'll show them. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> And, and we have a few things that we're going to talk about. We're like, we, we know this exists. We don't know about it. But it, as soon as you leave the panel, if you look on Twitter, then you could find out about it. Right. So that's how late-breaking we are. We're so late-breaking, we don't even know what we're talking about yet. <laughs> and who are we? Well, let's start with the gentleman to my left. Hi, everybody. Um, for those of you who weren't here for our panel at 1030 uh, earlier today, good morning or good afternoon. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm one of the hosts of the Wampa's Lair podcast. Uh, we're sort of an evergreen podcast. We talk about all sorts of fun topics, um, including, you know, Kenobi and... 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones and probably everything we're about to talk about here today. So, uh, yeah, that's me. And my name's Kyle Avery. I'm one of the hosts of Star Wars The Saga Continues. We're also a Star Wars podcast and we focus on a lot of the uh, late-breaking news and just sharing our excitement and speculation about upcoming Star Wars movie and TV projects and stuff. So uh, if you enjoy our panel here today and you want to hear more discussions just like it that go for three hours instead of one, uh, check us out. Yeah. Uh, you think that's an exaggeration? No, it's not. But it's a great podcast. I love his podcast when I'm just like, uh, when you want, it's like a like a nice novel you want to pick up and then you want to put down. You want to pick up, or if you want to binge it, it's great for that too. Because, yeah. I mean, he he does it all at one stand. We have our, our longest episode was our review for the Rise of Skywalker it was seven hours. Some people <laughs> say we're crazy. Other people love it that long. So yes, and he's married. So uh, crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a podcaster myself. However, I, uh, I I have a, a an Animaniacs podcast actually called the Animaniacast and we talk about Animaniacs and have the creator of the show on that's a regular guest and uh, we talk about Star Wars as well because Oh, I'm Joey Letson. Hi. Uh, but, you know, Star Wars is everywhere and everything. So, you know, any discussion of even Animaniacs or Freakazoid or what have you is going to end up being a Baby Yoda discussion as well. That's just how things go. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, get right into our panel. So let's first talk about... Uh, the big uh, trailer was released. There's uh, no movie coming out this year, but what we do have coming out the end of the summer is the series Andor. So let's go ahead and watch the trailer for that, and uh, we'll have a brief discussion about what Andor is all about. All right. So uh, Star Wars Andor comes out August 31st. The first two episodes, just like Obi-Wan, will be streaming at that point. And I believe this is a, a Kenobi's a six-episode series. This is a 12-episode series. And yeah. there's going to be a season two of yes. Andor. So they've, they've described it as, so the first 12 episodes, we're going to kind of meet Cassian in a time period where he's not the same guy that we see in Rogue One. He's more selfish, kind of out for himself. Uh, not the kind of guy that would make the selfless sacrifice for a greater cause. But we're going to kind of see him uh, join the rebellion and, and become more of that character throughout these first 12 episodes. And then they said the second 12 is like the, the second half of the story that leads more into Rogue One. So we may see more direct tie-ins, more characters that we know from Rogue One <clears throat> in that second season. K2SO. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
please K2SO. That was the one that uh, figure in that trailer that I'm like, oh, where's K2SO? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I, find I, that I think he's going to be season convincing. Two. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> didn't Alec Tudyk basically kind of he's confirmed... been confirmed as being in the show somewhere? Yeah. yeah. But I think I did hear recently that he's not in the first season. So I, I think I think K2 season two is probably most likely. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. and plus they could have. I mean, Imperial uh, just. Hello, Imperial security droids of some sort, um, just kind of patrolling with Alan Tudyk's voice, even if it's not necessarily him. But who That's knows? That's true. Yeah. I, I just love that droid. I think he's awesome. Uh, so I, I mean, yeah. And of course, uh, Mon, Moth, Mon Mothma uh, yeah. back as well. Which One of the founders of the Rebels. Uh, we see her in the Galactic Senate there in the trailer, which makes me think we're going to get Ian McDermott back as Palpatine at some point in this show, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I think Ian McDermott would be great to see. I, I personally think that Palpatine at this point might be more reclusive. And like in Star Wars Rebels, he's even seen as like a hologram version of himself to show the, the people of the Empire that he's, oh, I'm, don't worry me, I'm young and I'm, I'm not all scarred and everything anymore, right? Scarred and deformed. deformed. Um, no, so I, I think either way, if, I mean, he, Ian's been keeping a you know pretty close to Star Wars over the past few years, so I think the chances of seeing him reappear are pretty pretty good, especially if you're dealing yeah. with Senate scenes. Right, uh, something should happen, right? So yeah, and or very much looking forward to that. Uh, you know that first trailer focusing, of course, a lot on this this small town and uh, the infiltration of the Empire. So we're still definitely in a, a time period where the Empire is just starting to seize control, and, and we've seen this kind of stuff before. And you know, of course, in Solo. And, and Rebels, of course, was a major uh, part of seeing that. So now yeah, we get to see more of it. Another point I, of view. Uh, they've also said that in addition to just like seeing Cassian's backstory fleshed out, seeing Mon Mothma in the Senate, that this series has like a big kind of ensemble type cast. And so we may have multiple main characters, multiple storylines. And I think we're going to get just a lot of interesting stuff of sort of the daily goings on of this Imperial era, the beginnings of the rebellion, that kind of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Definitely. And we don't have that long to wait. Again, August yeah. 31st. Yeah. The other uh, news, the new series, this is a surprise, was called Skeleton Crew. And Skeleton Crew, it says, the description they gave um, is the show takes place during the post-Return of the Jedi reconstruction. So basically about the same time as Mandalorian and that sort of thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's the same as the Mandalorian, but its plot remains a secret. It's created and executive produced by John Watts, uh, director John Watts, and uh, writer Chris Ford, who made Spider-Man Homecoming. And casting notice was put out for four children from 11 to 12. And inside Lucasfilm, the show is being described as a galactic version of the classic emblem coming of age adventure from the films of the nine, eight, I'm sorry, 1980s. And this is what I, when I was listening to this uh, description here from Variety that stuck out, it was informally referred to as, quote, grammar rodeo at the time. And that is a reference to the episode of The Simpsons in which Bart and three of his classmates take a road trip together by renting a car with a fake ID. Remember this? And they, he's like, cruise control, my man. He's walking around the car. Love that scene. Uh, so this is, uh, the, they did release one piece of concept art right here. Uh, at Celebration. So this showing some kids, four kids, 
and a stolen rented uh, ship. Yeah. Uh, we know and Jude Law is also in this, right? Yeah, yeah. Jude yeah. Law has been announced as being in this show. We don't know in what capacity. We don't, yeah. don't know anything else other than it's about four kids, probably stealing a ship, and Jude Law's in it. So yeah. we don't know if he's helping them, trying to hunt them down, if they get in trouble with him, what? Yeah, and um, I mean, you mentioned the, the sort of classic Amblin 1980s, you know, movies kind of reference. I've also heard some sources kind of describe this as like a Star Wars version of Stranger Things. Um, so think that kind of series, you know, with some mystery and some danger and stuff with a, a young group of kids that they kind of talked about it too. They said like it's it's a series centered around kids, but it's not necessarily a kids show. Like it'll still be exciting, you know, for for adults and yeah, I I, I would yeah, Stranger Things is like. I would not classify as a kid show. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> no. So. It centers around kids, but you don't think, consider it a kid show. Same with, uh, but I think I think they have a lot of these plot lines, perhaps that they've kind of had and are perhaps using some of them. Uh, remember back in the Clone Wars, they had that uh, the, the Padawans going out with Ahsoka, yeah. and uh, they were going to have a whole series uh, of that, which then you know with the Disney buyout and everything, that kind of got scrapped. But we all know Lucasfilm never throws away anything. Everything so, is recycled and refurbished. Yeah, exactly. So, some way. Well, exactly. On, on that note, did you put that the Young Jedi adventure? Uh, I do. I, I I forget. So that's there, there, there's another <laughs> uh, new like animated series that they just announced. that's going to be aimed at like preschool age kids. Oh yes. Like, like Young Jedi Adventures or something that takes it's, place in the High Republic era. Which if you guys have been keeping up with some of the the early books and stuff, that's set like 200 years before the Phantom Menace. And that's going to be on like Disney Junior and stuff. Well, yeah. It, it will also be on Disney Plus. Too. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, that so that I think is kind of taking that concept that they had with the younglings in Clone Wars, and it's like, okay, what if we take this back 200 years and made a whole animated series about a group like that? They so. even have a preschool series right now for for kids. Now, have you, see, you guys seen the the cute little Rodian dolls and the Chewbacca uh, Wookies and Ewoks? There's, I saw them in Target. They're adorable. But just little baby, look like cabbage. Imagine a Cabbage Patch doll, but it being a Rodian. It's adorable. Uh, I it was like twenty five bucks. I was this close to buying it, and I realized I have no kids. That's weird. I'm not getting in, so I left it there. <laughs> left it for the kid. Yeah. Hopefully anyway. not the collector who's just going to put it in his closet. Uh, Mandalorian season three. This is coming out February of next year, so 2023 February. They're working on it right now. Uh, they're going back to Mandalore. We got Bo Katan in there. Got the armor coming back, and Babu Frick, and uh, it looks like he might be coming into this. This is a, at least the species. his species. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got. It. I mean, Babu Frick. Can we just put Babu. Well, Frick? Can, we ba- can we put Babu Frick in, in there, please? No. Uh, apparently, there uh, were a couple of them, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so yes. for for those of you guys that haven't been keeping up with all the celebrations stuff, they had a, a panel on Thursday called the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase, where they talked about a lot of their their upcoming projects, and they talked about Mandalorian season three a little bit in that, and then they talked about it more in the panel they just had today. Unfortunately, so they did show a, a teaser trailer for uh, Mando season three on Thursday, and then a longer version of it today. Um, that we haven't been able to get a good clip of yet to, to show you up here. Um, but I've seen some descriptions from it and stuff, and I mean, there's been like space battles, uh, obviously Mando going back to Mandalore, stuff with the armor, stuff with Bo-Katan. Yeah. Uh, one really cool description of a shot that I heard where like it's a bunch of Mandalorians jumping out of a gunship. So I think we're going to see a lot more Mandalorians this season, um, just with some really cool battles and stuff. And yeah, like the, the little Babu Frick aliens, um, there's, yeah, a couple of them. So maybe they'll go to the planet that those guys are from. Or in case you forgot, because I knew the name Babu Frick, but I forgot who's Babu Frick. It's the little guy in Rise of Skywalker who goes, hey, hey. Yeah. No, that's, hey, hey. 
Yeah, yeah, that guy. That guy. So he'll be in it. That's cool. Uh, any, anyway, the. Um, so yeah, a lot of the atonement of him having to, I know that in uh, Book of Boba Fett, uh, there was a nice little aside with, <laughs> with the Mandalorian where they... You mean, you mean Mandalorian season 2.5? Exactly. <laughs> uh, where they basically say like, hey, you took off your mask, dude. You got to go atone for this. Yeah, and, so uh, we're going to pick up with him atoning Again, yeah. going back to Mandalore to atone for taking off his mask. So, How yeah. dare he? How Which will dare be he? Fascinating to see. I mean, if you guys remember from the Book of Boba Fett, obviously, um, you know, he, they show that whole flashback to the Night of a Thousand Tears, right? And the, the city of Sundari being bombed and wiped out by the Empire. And then uh, the armorer says, you know, you would have to go back and be sort of baptized or whatever in these waters of Mandalore, but it doesn't exist anymore. So I think we're going to see him going back, maybe trying to see if whatever that place is still exists or finding some other way. A, uh, you know, a, a loophole in the creed or something that he can sort of regain his honor and and go back to being a Mandalorian. Yeah, and I, yeah. plus Grogu. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. But it was, I mean, for me as a long-term fan of the Clone Wars and seeing all that stuff with Death Watch and the Dark Saber and all that, to see more of that stuff come into play, um, and you know, to see more with the armor, with Bo-Katan, with you know, the Dark Saber and all these different sort of factions and ideologies among Mandalorians, and see how Din Djarin fits in with all that, and see where we're going. Is yeah, d- totally. Really and just to fun. see like what happened in the transition, perhaps they, you know, they did a pretty good job with uh, Book of Boba Fett going that flashback scene showing how the destruction of Mandalore. I mean, I'd like to see some more stuff of talking about how, like, Maul had a, a you know, had an impact on Death Watch and how that might be all associated with this whole cult mentality of not taking off your mask. It's yeah. very interesting that uh, Din Djarin is, like, so... Um, Stuck on this, I gotta put my helmet on, especially after coming across other Mandalorians who don't, who have no yeah. problem with that. Yeah, it's like they still call themselves Mandalorian, you know. It's a, yeah. it's kind of a weird. I hope it's not a step back for his character because it kind of felt like you're going forward. But I think what a lot of it comes down to is, um, I'm forgetting the actor's name who plays. Uh, uh, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. With Pedro Pascal, it's a great deal for him because he doesn't have to necessarily be there to film a lot of these episodes. He's doing Last of Us. He's doing a lot of other things at the same time. So it's great for him to to be in it but not be in it at the same time. Yeah. Um, there was an interesting little tidbit, too. There was a big article in Vanity Fair that came out right before all this celebration stuff, and they talked about sort of how all these shows came together. And they said that Dave Filoni, before John Favreau had the idea for The Mandalorian, Dave was actually actually developing a Mandalorian like spin-off series to the Clone Wars. So I think if John Favreau hadn't come along, we may have actually gotten like an animated Mandalorian series instead of the Bad Batch as like a follow-up to the final season of Clone Wars. Um, and then when when uh, John pitched uh, his Mandalorian idea, Kathleen Kennedy was like, hey, you've got a Mandalorian idea. Dave has a Mandalorian idea. Why don't you guys work together? And I think where we started off with the Mandalorian, with him just, you know, this idea of the lone gunslinger and the child that he's protecting and stuff like that was kind of more J- uh, John's vision. And yeah. I think now incorporating more of this stuff from the animated series and the lore of the planet Mandalore and everything, we're getting more into the stuff that Dave was going to explore. So I'm really excited to see where they go with that. Dave is a lore geek. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, plus, we got to see, like, you know, there's Baby Yoda was there at Celebration, too, which is so, yeah. super he cute. Yeah, he walked up on the table and sat down. Yeah. It was yeah, adorable. It was so cute. Uh, 
the major things though that we're getting is Ahsoka. Now Ahsoka's coming out next year, uh, and we got some some cool news for that for Celebration. There was that was the late late yeah. breaking. And stuff. this was again. The, so this was the panel they had this morning was called like Mando Plus, and it was like a discussion with John John Favreau and Dave Filoni on the Mandalorian. You know where it's been, where it's going. They talked about season three. They showed that teaser, and then like the last five minutes of the panel, they had Rosario Dawson come out on stage. Uh, talked about filming Ahsoka. They had Chopper from Star Wars Rebels come out on stage. The actual droid came up on there, and then they announced. Um, well, we'll show the clip, and then yeah. we'll, we'll get. Hopefully, to the this clip works. I hope, please. Yeah. It worked before. Yeah. Force worked. We don't have any audio because yes. all you will hear is people screaming because this is taken from somebody's phone in the convention center. <laughs> yes. So we right there have live action Hera. Uh, so uh, you know, using the Force stuff, we have Ahsoka. Touching Jedi script. Hu <laughs> Yang from the Clone Wars right there, hopefully voiced by David Tennant. And there's Ahsoka. Ta-da! Imagine all the screaming fans. I took all that out. Yeah. Uh, so yes, so Ahsoka is is coming uh, out next year. Um, it's we were talking about it afterwards. It kind of being seeming like Rebels 2.0 because a lot of the of the plot lines of the 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 drive of this story seems to be very much attached to Rebels. Uh, yeah, trying to yeah. find Thrawn ostensibly to find Ezra, who's out there somewhere. Um, there is a bit of a design difference between Ahsoka from Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett uh, to her series. They just... Yeah, they got those Leku the, a little bit longer. Le- yeah, the Leku a little bit longer, so... I think it's I think just depending nice. on how much water you drink. You know how you can get hydrated? <laughs> and it just grows overnight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, sure. what, it, that's yeah. what Star Wars fans do. You have to come up with an excuse of why the heck that happened. And it's just drinking... Just She was hydrated on day two. Right. Uh, also right here, Natasha Lou Bordizo, I'm probably mis- mispronouncing her name, uh, was uh, cast as live-action Sabine. This was rumored way back in November of 2021, by the way, and they finally confirmed it today. Uh, she came out, and in fact, they show, in one of the clips they showed, uh, they showed that... Um, uh, from a, mu- a mural from mural. Rebels. Yeah. That's yeah. like the li- the ending of Rebels redone in live action. Exactly. And, and there then, she is as Sabine kind of looking at it right there with her short the hair mural. and stuff. So, so yeah. yeah. Pretty cool so, stuff. That'll be really cool. I think I don't know if we'll pick up with the live action series right where Rebels ended. I would maybe like to see a little bit before that of like how Ahsoka gets to that point. I'm sure we're going to get like a recap of it. Yeah. Well, not only a, a recap, but like so, you know, Rebels ends, it kind of fast forwards through the original trilogy and then Ahsoka comes back to get Sabine and says they're going to go find Ezra. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Rebels, I mean, that's a short recap. You're probably like, who the heck is Ezra? Uh, go watch it. It's fantastic. Um, but, you know, at the time we all kind of thought, okay, this is what happens like immediately after the original trilogy. But now obviously we've got the Mandalorian that takes place five years after and Ahsoka's in that. So I think we're going to find out that Ahsoka has been doing some more stuff on her own, you know, looking for Thrawn, that kind of stuff that we've seen in Mando. So I think we'll maybe see a little bit of, of connective tissue with like, you know, see where we left off with her in Mando and Book of Boba Fett kind of going off on her own thing. And now maybe she finds a clue to where Thrawn is or where Ezra is. And then and goes, brings the whole crew and, back and, together. Yeah. And then goes 
goes to get Sabine and is like, okay, now we're picking up from where we left off in Rebels. Everything's come back together, and now we're taking the story forward from here. And if you're interested in more of like uh, to hear more about those characters and stuff, we're actually doing a third panel. It'll be tomorrow at 1.30, and it'll be just about animated characters who've jumped to live action. So if you want to hear a little bit more about those, uh, like Sabine and Hera and stuff like that. That'll be tomorrow yeah. at yeah. 1.30. So. Uh, coming up in the future Now is... this is where we get to things where we like have a blurb about <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <So>. Acolyte. <laughs> Star Wars Acolyte. It takes place during the Star the High Republic era of Star Wars, which uh, if you're reading those books, it's 200 years, correct? Right? About 200 before... years before the Phantom Menace. Yeah. So I mean, the Jedi Order is in full bloom. They're highly respected. Well, they're about to come out with a new phase of the High Republic books too that actually jump back like 150 years. So this whole thing is kind right. of like in the period like anywhere from like 500 to 100 years before. I think with the series, they've actually said it's going to be closer to like 100 years before The Phantom Menace because we might start getting into some of the things leading into that trilogy, setting the stage with the Sith and their return. Um, because I think that's that's part of the acolyte is not a Jedi acolyte, by the way. Exactly, it's a yeah. dark side. I think this is gonna sort. we're gonna start planting this. I don't know if we'll see Darth Plagueis in this series or his master, but I think we're gonna see the dark side starting to move and start setting the stage you for mean, the things that we see in the original mean trilogy. Darth Plagueis, Plagueis the Wise. Yeah. We may not see the tragedy. Tragedy. No, but no, no maybe not the, the tragedy. The not early days of Darth Plagueis tragedy. the Wise, perhaps. Darth Plagueis the Not So Wise? Yeah. What will be interesting in this will be, be to show Sith or Sith like characters, but yet not let Have the Jedi. Have them be the ones in hiding. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, but also the Jedi not knowing about them. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like the Sith have been extinct for a millennia. Yeah. Uh, this is, they, they don't know about these, they, you know, that's crazy. There couldn't be any Sith popping around the place. Well, and um, but one, it, one really interesting thing that they could play around with in that is to have maybe some Jedi get close, you know, and yeah. to, uh, maybe have them, have these Sith bump into Jedi, but the Jedi don't know that they're Sith well, and, the, yeah, you know, they're, kind of playing those Je- mind games. Of, the Jedi aren't the best at detectives. They, yeah. they were hanging around the big Sith for many, many years. So yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they had meetings with him on a regular basis, and they right. never knew. Oh, wait. Uh, but also, I mean, it's kind of a nice juxtaposition of something like Kenobi going on right now, where you have the Inquisitors going out looking for Jedi. Maybe you have the Jedi going out looking for dark side Sith people, and never you like getting kind of close to them, but never quite finding them. Yeah. Uh, so or not finding the. We're in the, the speculation phase of this yeah. right now because all we know is that it's centered around some sort of dark side person. And that it's set about a hundred years before the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Now one That's other it. one other thing that is exciting about this. So the the like head writer and showrunner for this series is Leslie Headland, and um, I saw an interview with her recently where she said like she's a lifelong huge Star Wars fan. She's like basically what got me into writing professionally in the first place. Like my first writing experience was like writing Star Wars fan fictions. Like back in the '90s when all they had was like the Thrawn trilogy and stuff like that. So, um, and she also said something. I forget it was either her or Kathleen. Kennedy that said that they're going to take some um, elements from the expanded universe that are currently not canon and bring some of those back into canon. Um, so similar to what Dave Filoni's done with Clone Wars and Rebels with bringing in things like Thrawn and some of the Mandalorian lore and stuff like that, um, we may get some more of that kind of stuff in this series, but maybe involving some Sith Lords. Maybe we'll get canon mentions of Darth Bane, Darth Revan, some of those kind of guys. So 
we'll see. But I'm really looking forward to. Well, uh, we know Darth Bane is a canon. That's true. Darth Bane is in the Clone Wars. Yeah, for a hot second. And you can find a bust of him over at Galaxy's Edge right now too. So they're totally they're going down on the you know uh, Darth Bane uh, ship. There is another season of Bad Batch coming out as well. We don't know at this point when. Yeah, you know it's coming. I believe they've still said it was 2022, but we don't have. It should be out sometime this year. The panel for. Bad Batch and the Star Wars animation is like right after we're done with this panel. No, yeah. the Bad Batch panel is tomorrow morning. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah, there's another one that we're about to talk about. It's That's true. Right it's after, after this, this, though. It but, is after yeah. this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so uh, we'll know about that. I would, I mean, if I'm, let me see, a betting man, I'm going to guess uh, December ish of this year, let's say. Yeah. That would kind of November, fit in December, with, yeah, probably. I'd, I'd is say a maybe good October, guess. November, but after Andor. Yeah, after Andor, before. Uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian, sure. Yeah. Let's throw some more Star Wars in between. Uh, we also have uh, so this is kind of something they mentioned a while ago, which hasn't really been talked about too much because it's it's a it's a movie, it's an animated movie. It uh, seems perhaps a little bit more for the younger crowd. It's a epic journey will introduce us to a new hero, guided by our most iconic duo on a secret mission known only to them. What could possibly go wrong? So a droid story. Uh, with C-3PO and R2-D2 and a new hero. And it's um, animated movie uh, straight to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, going to Disney+. Plus. Well, did they confirm it's animated? Because I thought they said it's like a combination of, it's like Lucasfilm Animation and ILM that are working on this. And so the speculation was was that it might be some kind of fusion of live action and animation, but we don't know. This was announced like two years ago and we haven't heard anything about it. No screenshots of it, nothing like that. So... They haven't mentioned it at all this weekend during celebration, so not yet. Anyway. Who knows if this is still in development or has maybe just been kind of put on the back burner? Now, one thing we do we did not really know much about, but we do know about coming up as an animated series. Uh, it's not a series. It's called Star Wars Tales of the, Tales of the Jedi. Now, this is not the the graphic of it. This is just the old Dark Horse uh, thing I got, and it doesn't really. It may or may not be associated with any of those st- stories or that timeline. Comes from Dave Filoni. It's an animated. What was the uh, word for animated it? anthology and, shorts? Anthology oh. shorts. So maybe kind of like Star Wars Visions, perhaps. Uh, Except like that. in canon. Yeah, right. that's what I'm hoping because also you also had the uh, Star Wars Forces of Destiny that they did a few years ago that were also sort of anthology animated shorts that were more aimed at kids and those shorts were like two to three minutes long whereas the Star Wars Visions shorts were like 10, 15, 20 minutes long. Um, so for Tales of the Jedi, yeah, I'm hoping we'll get a little bit longer. I'm hoping that this is maybe just some stories throughout the history of the galaxy of tales of different Jedi, Sith, stuff like that. Maybe some little nuggets and stories of Old Republic type stuff that they're going to maybe tell stories about and bring into bring into the canon. Um, maybe stuff that they don't want to do a full series about, but just kind of give us like a canon version of what this story was or who this character was. Um, I think that would be really cool to see. That's the one that that panel starts basically right after this one's over. So like an hour from now, we'll know more about Tales of yeah. the Jedi. Yeah. Right, now, all, yeah, right now, all we know is that it's just an animated anthology short. Yeah. An hour after the panel ends, check your Twitter account and there should be <laughs> information about this show. Or come find me. I'll be glued to Twitter. If if there's leaked footage from that, I'll find it for you. He's six foot eight. He'll be easy to find. Whenever I need to look for Kyle, I always just scan the horizon. Where's Kyle? Oh, there he is. Yeah. 
Uh, let's go ahead to, to Star Wars Rogue Squadron. This is being directed by Patty Jenkins. This was kind of put on hold. However, it's still being worked on. Patty Jenkins had like another, I think she had Cleopatra she was going to be directing, and then that got maybe canceled, and now it may. Well, I don't no, know. I, it, only, it didn't get canceled. She shifted from being a director on it to just an executive Oh, there producer. you go. Because she had so much going on. She was doing like Wonder Woman and Rogue Squadron and Cleopatra, and it was like, when are you going to have time to direct all these? Yeah. Um, but apparently they were all also, there was some, you know, creative differences, or they were having trouble nailing down the script for Rogue Squadron. That was when it was originally announced. That was supposed to be the next Star Wars movie coming out in 2023. Um, as of now, it sounds like that is not the case. Um, that it's been pushed back to like maybe 2024, 2025. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's still being worked on, as far as we know. And yeah. I say please and thank you because I need some Rogue Squadron. I really want. Those books brought to life? Sorry. Um, but anyway, yeah, Rogue Squadron was the movie I was looking forward to, and it's, I'm just still waiting for it. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> even if even if Patty Jenkins' original version does not come forward, it's just like, like we just said with anything Star Wars. The best elements always just typically go through, and they'll you know, be recycled later. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Taika Waititi's movie, however, is the new. This is, I, uh, they have not named, it's just called Taika Waititi's Star Wars film. Uh, so there's no real uh, uh, title for it yet. They released this, this Star Wars uh, title, which looks very Monty Python-esque, in my opinion. Um, and that's it. So you know that Taika Waititi's directing it, and it's... It's, it's supposed to be coming out probably end of 2023. Well, when they originally announced all these, they announced Taika's movie was coming out 2025. Right. And but Rogue, Rogue Squadron moved. was for 2023. Now, we know Rogue Squadron's been moved. And when Rogue Squadron got moved, like last year, I think, there were a lot of rumors flying around that it was going to be replaced in 2023 with some other Star Wars movie. That, you know, Taika's was still going to be 2025, but they had, like, ideas in the back burner and stuff that they could sort of move into production. And that there might be an Old Republic movie or a High Republic movie or something that sort of the creative team could could cook up and just kind of put out there to have a movie in 2023. We haven't heard anything about that. Um, and especially with Celebration being this weekend and them having their big studio showcase. And they talk, They even talked about like the Willow series and they talked about Indiana Jones 5, which is coming out next year. I think if we were getting a Star Wars movie next year, we would have had it announced by this point. So I'm thinking... The Taika movie is still probably 2025, maybe moved up like a year. Kathleen Kennedy said this week, like in an interview, 2023. I don't know. That's that's. But I I, I agree. I think that seems way too. It close. seems yeah. optimistic. It, it seems yeah. weird that uh, that we'd be getting a Star Wars movie a year and a half from now, and it hasn't been officially announced. <laughs> well, this is also the studio that that did not promote Solo at all. So, and they're like, oh yeah, that's. I I still remember going out to, to like the doctor's office and teacher. Uh, a teacher, uh, the the nurse seeing my Star Wars shirt and saying, "Oh, I just saw that new Star Wars movie." I said, "Oh, you saw Solo?" And they're like, "No, I saw Last Jedi." What are you talking about? What Solo? <laughs> they they they're not necessarily doing the best job of necessarily prepping and promoting these things. Hopefully, if they've learned their lesson. But either way, we'll hopefully find out soon. Either this weekend with Star uh, Celebration, or of course, uh, Love and Thunder is coming out, and Taika is going to be on the interview circuit, and you know, people are going to be asking about that. Yeah. yeah. So if there's anything, if there's actually any production going on, any news, he'll be uh, talking about that. Yeah. There's other things in here that we didn't really put slides up for because it's just kind well, of like in passing. One other thing I was going to bring up yes. just while we're on the subject of movies and people doing press and stuff, uh, it was also announced a while ago that um, 
Kevin Feige from Marvel is going to be producing a Star Wars yes. movie. And it's funny because in the interviews that just came out in that Vanity Fair article, Kathleen Kennedy said like, oh yeah, like we'd still like him to do one, but we don't know when it's going to happen. But apparently that interview was from back in March and they just published it like a couple weeks ago. But then back at the beginning of May when Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness came out, uh, the writer on that movie, I forget his name, I think it might be... Um, I'm not going to try to come up with that. I can't remember his name. But the guy that's writing that movie with Kevin Feige, who, who wrote Doctor Strange, then said, like, okay, after this, now that this is out, we're now starting to kick ideas around and starting to write that Star Wars movie. So I think that's probably more of a, a definite thing that's happening than maybe Kathleen Kennedy's recent comments suggest. So I don't think that'll be the next Star Wars movie that comes out, but that's another one to look forward to in the next Three, years. three, four yeah. years, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they come up with. Too. It's definitely a weird blend right now with with the weirdest thing that Star Wars television is the big draw right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, and then they're like, oh yeah, they used to make Star Wars movies too. Yeah. I it's like we've, we've got big names attached, like Patty Jenkins and Taika Waititi and Kevin Feige and people that I would love to see a Star Wars movie from, but it's like we don't know what order they're coming out in or what they're about or anything like that. It's just kind of like movies; they'll get here when they get here. Ahsoka, Mandalorian. Orion and or I'm really excited for this stuff and this is the stuff we've got trailers for and release dates and you know yeah not to mention Kenobi which I mean I guess you could count that as upcoming Star Wars we've got four episodes left but we did a whole panel about that this morning reviewing the premiere and everything and so, so we won't talk about that here uh, uh, we have uh, one more trailer to show here and this is actually going to be for the new uh, Star Wars uh, uh, Jedi survivor Jedi any survivor. any Star Wars gaming fans in here Fallen yeah. Order fans, yeah. So they just, and I think it was just yesterday, this trailer came out for the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order called Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And before I play this, I'm just going to say that uh, we're, we uh, we're going to have lots of time for any um, questions or theories or discussions or things like that. And there's yeah. a yeah. microphone back there that should hopefully be working. Uh, we're recording this lovely panel for these gentlemen's podcast. So if you want to be ooh famous and, and show your friends, <laughs> yes. jump on the microphone and uh, you'll be podcast famous for a week. Yeah. Uh, let's a go ahead. Double and get... Z list celebrity status. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm single and... Z list. You speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and get to this trailer. So get your Christmas list ready. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, that's see the for next year. <laughs> yeah, the, the initial speculation was that that was going to be out by like holiday of this year, and now it's been pushed back a little bit. So I think it's probably going to be February, March next year when uh, when Jedi Survivor comes out. And maybe I can get a PS5 by then. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Jeez. Um, Anybody actually see them in stores? I haven't. No. Uh, well, but. let's go ahead and open up for any questions, things like that you uh, uh, that you might have. Uh, well, we had some quick thoughts on this. So, but go ahead and line up with the microphone if you want to ask us anything or have any comments. Uh, but yeah, you had some share your thoughts. fan theories, thoughts on the because you haven't even like finished Fallen Order yet. I've I've seen. He he watched me finish. I watched him finish <laughs> for like the third time. Yeah, um, it's a great game. I can't wait to see it, especially with. Um, What's ever in the tube? The back to... Yeah, to... so you see somebody floating in there. And I think... See, when I heard the title was going to be Jedi Survivor, I was like, eh, that seems kind of plain. Because like we know he's a, a survivor living in the, the dark times where there aren't that many Jedi. But I think the title is going to also refer to whoever that is. I think that might be another Jedi that has survived or maybe a survivor of an even further 
bygone age or something like that. This looks very mysterious, and there's going to be a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on. And figure out who this survivor is, what's going on there. Also, you got the the Grand Inquisitor no. looking guy, who I don't think is the Grand Inquisitor, same species, but um, I'm interested to see who this this new villain is in there as well. So, yeah. Right. But yeah, we got some people at the mic. So go ahead. So um, at the beginning of the the survivor trailer, uh, the pilot cockpit area, cockpit area kind of looked like the the ship that you originally flew in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the the ship crashed somehow, or what happened to the crew? I think it's very possible. I mean, I expect that we'll see the same ship and a lot of the same characters from the first game show up in this one, um, especially because it was such a fun ensemble cast. Like, I want to see more of that, those guys all together again, um, especially with Marin. Like, she doesn't really join your party until the end of the game, so I want to see more with, with Cal and Marin together. Um, but it's not uncommon for sequels to do something that kind of shakes that up, like blow up the ship that you flew around in in the first game or, you know, have the characters all scatter and then have to come back together. So. It's also very Star Wars to crash a ship. Yeah, yeah, so. it, that's true. Just because the ship is sitting on a planet looking kind of banged up doesn't mean they can't fix it and get it going again. But yeah, I'm sure they'll be in some kind of peril. I'm sure there'll be something that kind of shakes up the paradigm from the first but game. But definitely, he looks like he's looking for guidance. He looks, they're trying to show that he's been separated, that things are definitely different, and yeah. that he's perhaps trying to go to this Jedi who may or may not be good uh, in, yeah. in, the, yeah. in there. He kind of reminded me of a Joris. It's a yeah. So it's like, part of me is like, I wonder if that's a Jedi clone going on. Probably ah, not, be, but could. I don't know. That's, we'll that's, that's Sifo Dyas in the tank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. I heard they're doing a remake of the Old Republic. Do you guys ever see anything like live action or anything set in the Old Republic coming back or? Or do you think they keep talking about it? Um, I don't think there's anything official, but I don't know. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy has mentioned it once or twice. Yeah. But there's nothing that we know yet, as far as I'm aware of. She did say they're working on something set in the Old Republic era. Obviously, the big thing is, yes, they're doing a remake of the original Knights of the Old Republic game. Um... I think that's the big thing for me. I mean, I'm a huge fan of those games and that whole era, and so just to be able to play the game again with revamped graphics and maybe some new story material added and stuff like that, I think is going to be really awesome. Um, and I'd rather have that than like an adaptation of that story in live action or something. I'd rather just like play a, mod- a remodern version of the game. But maybe again, I-, I think we may get some of that stuff in like Tales of the Jedi or Acolyte. Um, yeah, or the Acolyte. I mean, Acolyte, it would be more mentions and how that's yeah. just informing the history of the Sith. Tales of the Jedi, we may get some of that stuff shown in little animated anthology shorts and stuff. Um, if they ever did do, like, a, a live-action series or something set during the Old Republic, I would love that. But I feel like the High Republic seems to be more their focus right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we'll see. Yes. Okay. So, I do have a question that would have the slightest, 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 tiniest little Kenobi spoiler at the start, but if we don't want to do that, I can replace Does it anybody here spoiler. care about Kenobi spoilers? I'm plugging my ears. Okay. Plugging your ears. Okay. 
Well, so go like this too. La, 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 go ahead la, and ask the question, and then I'll give and you the. And maybe I'll tell you to come up after. I'll, I'll give you replace, the replace spoiler character names with Jar Jar Binks, and those of us who've seen the show will know who you're it's, talking it's about. It's not actually covering any of the characters or the contents of the show exactly. Basically, okay. basically, uh, in the, at the very beginning of the Kenobi show, they have like basically the supercut of the prequels, where yes, uh, at the yeah. very beginning. Do you think that they would actually do that for the Ahsoka show, or do you think they would remake the, all of those scenes? And like live action because that could get expensive really quickly. Yeah. yeah. Compared, to, compared to like just replaying, but it would also like you'd have. I think what we're gonna. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yes. It's, no. It, it's just like the me, the meshing of like live action and and, and cartoon would be. Like, yeah, that would be really show. weird to have a, an animated recap cut into a live action show. Um, I think what is more likely for Ahsoka is that we're gonna get a scene where she sits down with one of the characters from Rebels and they're gonna kind of do a recap of what happened. They're gonna talk about yeah. what happened, uh, kind of catch everyone who didn't watch Rebels up on the story so far and go from there. Cause I feel like that's the easiest way to do it, but we don't know. That, Star don't Wars know. exposition discussion. Yes. I think, I mean, I would love to see like a, a supercut like that of that done in live action, but I also think you're right. A, that could get expensive. B, I don't know that you necessarily need to because you could just have Ahsoka explain, you know, Thrawn, Ezra, you know, I need to go find this villain. I need to find my Jedi friend who's with him. I'm taking Sabine along with me. You don't have to explain everything that happened in Rebels along the way um, to necessarily understand what the main, you know, thrust of that story is going to be. And they can explain a lot through exposition and stuff. But yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go. Next one. Cool. So kind of going back to the video game side, have you heard more anything about the Star Wars Eclipse game that was teased That's back right. last year. That weird, weird, weird I've, trailer. I've heard not great things. Um, <laughs> uh oh. Well, the studio that's making that has been in some trouble with CEOs making inappropriate comments, and there's been trouble with like them trying to hire a big enough development team and you know toxic workplace and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, I've as also as heard that 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 game. Like maybe part of the reason they announced it and showed that really cool cinematic trailer was to try to bolster, like get people to want to come there and work on it and that they <laughs> didn't really have a full plan in place. And so even though that was announced like last year, the latest I've heard is that that game might not actually come out till like 2027 or 2028. But there are a lot of other Star Wars games in development. Respawn has uh, Jedi Survivor, but they're also working on like a first person shooter game and a strategy game. Uh, like Ubisoft is making a Star Wars game. There's the KOTOR remake. Uh, you know, this Lego Star Wars that just came out. So there's tons of Star Which Wars is games awesome. coming out in the next few years. Eclipse is just going to be not one of the not one of the not anytime soon. Yeah, please hold. We will <laughs> yeah. get back to your. But I want to learn Eclipse about the guy later. who beat the drum. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so like towards the end of Mandalorian 2.5. Yep. You see that. Uh, Luke is just beginning to build uh, his academy and anything. Do you think in any of the other live action uh, uh, series you'll see uh, any uh, apprentices show up and uh, be directed towards Luke? Um, I mean, it's possible with the, uh, what is the, the, the kids? show, mm -hmm. uh, that some of those might be force sensitive and maybe they'll get shunted over. I think it's also possible early on in the Ahsoka show to have her, you know, sort of like meditating or, or like recovering from something at Luke's Tedite Temple. So we might see something sort of ancillary, 
but um, I think Tales of the Jedi might, which is the animated anthologies, might have some more of that stuff too. Yeah, that was such a groundbreaking episode of Boba Fett with Luke because that really made me think, God, they could make another movie with Luke, Leia, and Han. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when, and it, it, it was a, it was just amazing. Anyway, yeah, I think we have definitely not seen the last of Luke in live action in that Mandalorian time period. I mean, yeah. when we saw him at the end of season two, I was like, was that the only time, or like, could we maybe see him again? Like, and then once we saw him in Book of Boba Fett, and how much better the graphics were and everything from his appearance in Mandalorian, I was like, oh, they're definitely doing more stuff. Yeah, with yeah. You whether we whether we eventually get a full blown like Luke training young Jedi series, which I would love to see, I don't know if they'll ever go that far with it, but I think he'll probably at least continue to show up in Mando and Ahsoka and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't invest that much capital into something just for one episode, especially sure. because I mean, one thing I guess we could mention too is like back. Back when they first announced the Ahsoka series and the Rangers of the New Republic, which was also supposed to be tied into this whole universe, and now that seems to kind of have like not be happening, melded back into Mando season three. Like they're just going to kind of keep those elements within the Mandalorian. I don't think that show as uh, as its own thing is is still happening. Um, but they mentioned that it's all going to build towards one climactic finale. That's going to kind of be the characters and the storylines from all these shows kind of building to one moment, which I imagine is going to have to do something with Thrawn and probably a resurgence of the empire maybe some you know even sort of their own reinterpretation of the heir to the empire story and i can't imagine them doing that without luke playing a big part of it so mm-hmm. that's fair maybe maybe mara maybe jade. mara jade maybe not I mean, you know, I, whenever I whenever know. somebody it's asks like, Filoni about Mara Jade, he goes, "Yeah, Mara, Mara Jade." Yeah, it's yeah. funny because you know you you see Luke in the sequel trilogy, and you're like, "That doesn't look like a guy that's been married to Mara Jade for 20 years or something." But we also in Revenge of the Sith wouldn't have think that maybe it was a really Anakin, bad we, we, bad marriage. We wouldn't have thought in Revenge of the Sith that Anakin had a Padawan for the last three years either, and they incorporated her in, and she's one of the most loved characters now. So I think they could work Mara Jade in if they wanted to. Yeah, but we'll see. Next. Excellent. Um, so back in the day, I had the honor to work on Star Wars Galaxies a little bit. Uh, so I have a love of open world, you know, Star Wars Galaxies. Now, you mentioned the, the uh, Star Wars Ubisoft game. I heard that that's going to be an open world Mando series. Did you ha- do you have anything to expand upon that? I, keep I have only heard world. that it's open world. Yeah, as far as open being, world. As far as it being Mandalorian, I mean, I've heard that rumored. I've heard that that's something that people would like. I mean, it is kind of weird that Mandalorian is like the sort of the biggest Star Wars project right now. It's been going for two game, or two years. And uh, I just got Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga with the Mandalorian DLC. And I was like, wait, this is the first time I've played Mando in a video game is as a <laughs> Lego figure. So I would love to see a, a video game incorporating Mando at some point. But I don't know anything official about if that's what, what well, that's like, going to focus on. Assassin's Creed t- style, you know, Mando, I mean, they've got the engine, they've got the everything else. Yeah. I mean, it's it's entirely possible, or some sort of Mando-esque character, but I'm sure someone will make a skin for it. I, I, loved, <laughs> yeah. I loved Star Wars Bounty Hunter back in Attack of the Clones, playing on my GameCube, and, and uh, just just almost like an open kind of it was kind of open worldish. Yeah. I mean, any place where you can you can tie up a, a random civilian and set them on fire for no reason. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's even, a good game for me. Even if it's yeah, not <laughs> even even if it's not Din Djarin specifically, because I can understand them maybe wanting to keep that story just within the series because there's so 
much like integrated storytelling and everything's canon, like not want to ha- put a vid- video game in development that's going to take five years to make. And then five years from now, that has to line up with what they're doing in the shows and stuff. But to at least make a game that sort of fulfills that sort of fantasy where you're playing as a Mandalorian or a bounty hunter and getting to, you know, explore an open world and go after bounties and use all these weapons and gadgets and stuff, I think is too good an opportunity for somebody to pass up at some point. If so. that's the case, I'm going to make Cat Bane. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, one other, other quick thing. So this is, uh, if you ever talk to somebody, this is a, a game idea. We, some of us like Pokemon Go, but we need to call it Order 66 and reskin it and we, we hunt Jedi. Wow, that's so, dark. Find the Jedi. <laughs> yes. I, I got to go to the park, Empire, honey. You know, Pro Empire. I got to go to the park and hunt a Jedi. I kind of love it, but that's dark. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you force people. <laughs> The whole game would be raids because, you know, if you're playing as one clone trooper, you're not going to be able to take on a jet. Sounds like something Disney would absolutely approve. Okay. (laughs) Moving on to the next question. I have a question, uh, a couple of questions for you guys and for the audience too. Uh, Where do you think the the pathway for Mandalorian goes now that he has the Darksaber and Grogu is with him and is a Jedi? They hinted up in the, the Boba Fett that there was, in the past, a Mandalorian Jedi that has both the Force and is uh, a Mandalorian. Do you think he's going to be a Mandalorian Jedi or Grogu or maybe both of them? That's the first question. Hmm. A Mandalorian Grogu being a Mandalorian Jedi. I, well, I mean, <laughs> that would be kind of cool. I don't know. I think they're trying to... This is just a speculation. It looks like they're trying to move away from the idea of Grogu even becoming a Jedi at all. Um, because he made the choice to go back right. to, to the Mandalorian. But you think like Mandalorian can learn yeah. the way to... Uh, yeah. But the he's still using this, the Force, so, you know. The, the reason I'm asking this, if you've seen, yeah. if you've seen the, the, the Boba Fett, the, her, his master, or, or I don't know how yeah. the, her name, but she said in the past there was a Mandalorian that has the Darksaber, and he knows the way of the Force and is a Mandalorian at the same time. So maybe yeah. he's going to become both. I mean... Yeah, I mean, like, it's so hard to kind of speculate on that with Grogu when he's so young and ages so slowly. So to think, like, oh, yeah, we could see him grow up to become a Jedi who, like, has the Darksaber and he's also a Mandalorian. It's like, yeah, but that would be, like, a hundred years in the future that he'd be, like, a full adult. Um, And it's hard to even imagine, like, how that would tie into this storyline. Yeah, So I I don't know. Like, I would love to see something like that. I think it would be cool. But it's also, it's hard to just, you know, connect those dots because that would be so far removed from this Mandalorian story by the time he gets to that point and unless it, he has unless you know that species has a major growth spurt at some point but and it also know. seems that the dark saber is really getting tied in with the mandalorian culture coming up with uh, mandalorian season three because they are going back to mandalore yeah and there's all the stuff about who rules and and that sort of thing and it seems like they're focusing more in on the the Mandalore side of the Darksaber history rather than taking it back to a Jedi. Yeah. So I think the whole, maybe in the future, but I don't think anytime soon they're going to do something like that. And I think the whole Jedi thing with that is, yeah, like the, the origin of that lore is that it was created by the first Mandalorian who was also a Jedi. And that just kind of explains why there's even a lightsaber in the first place that Mandalorians use. But now it's more of just sort of a Mandalorian symbol of power. Obviously, you don't have to have the force to be able to wield it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't th- like, I definitely don't think Din Djarin 
Aaron is going to become a Jedi or something. No. But I would love to see maybe Luke, you know, just training him in lightsaber combat so he can be more proficient in that blade. If totally. the ar- if well, the armor if the armor is not same with Kanan him, and right? Sabine. I mean, yeah, like yeah. Kane, like Kanan had to teach Sabine how to to wield the dark saber. So yeah. perhaps he needs to go to Luke to for uh, help with that. That would be a great way to put Luke back in it again. Like we yeah. said, you yeah. spend a lot of money on getting it right. Might as well do it again. Exactly. All right. Uh, thank the, the second question is. About Obi Wan, so if the one didn't watch over the years, it is minor spoiler. I'm not gonna go into. What What do you guys prediction to the third episode? Because you see, like, he clearly struggling with the Force, and he's gonna pass to a certain training with a third episode prediction. I think. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. For those that haven't seen Obi Wan, I don't don't want to give any, you know, you can predictions right now because uh, that's. Uh, there's a lot that I'm going to base off of what happened in the episode. So, come up afterwards. If you, if, if anybody yeah, wants to hear point. about our predictions for episode three of, <laughs> of Obi Wan, come up after the panel. We'll talk to you about it then. That sounds the like table. a good idea. All, all I will say is this: because they've they've pretty much confirmed that we're going to see Obi Wan square off with Vader. That that was the whole point right. of bringing Vader back is that it's going to be this epic showdown. And in the first couple episodes, we see that he's rusty. He hasn't used the Force in a while. So there's definitely going to be a progression. You know, in episode two, he he wouldn't be in any condition to go up against Vader. But over the course of the next few episodes, obviously, he's going to get to that point and be able to hold his own. So right. He's just got, just got to shake the dust off. Yeah. There's a lot of dust on Tatooine. <laughs> it uh, gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so you've seen that Star Wars has a lot of projects um, going on. A lot. I don't know if we've ever seen so many different projects at you know, one time. But have you heard anything about doing more of a um, Knights of Ren background and understanding that. That's always something that's rumored as a Knights of Ren that comes up every now and then, that they're working on a Knights of Ren thing. I know J.J. Abrams wanted one, uh-huh. but I don't know if there's anything actively in production at this point with it. Um, but the way it seems things are going is that they've got like a hopper of ideas that keep like getting developed, and then they pick one out of a hat every so often to start working on (laughs) is what it kind of feels like. So the idea is out there, and people involved with Star Wars have talked about it, but I don't think there's anything about the Knights of Ren that's in production right now or that's coming anytime soon. And they, do you do you read the Star Wars comics? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cuz I was going to say like I don't I haven't kept up with a lot of them, but I know that there's stuff involving the Knights of Ren in some of the current ongoing comics. So I think that might be kind of where it's relegated to for now, but you never know who's going to show up in in this kind of right. stuff, especially right. with you know, with like the Mandalorian for example, um in season two, we saw like that imperial base that had that that clone-looking thing that was like, oh, is this kind of tying into Snoke and the whole efforts to bring back Palpatine and stuff? So if we start seeing more little seeds like that that are starting to plant, you know, seeds for for stuff that pops up in the sequel trilogy, we might see them at some point. See, but, yeah, that would make sense for Ahsoka, even a season yeah. two of Ahsoka, perhaps. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they would do like a just a Knights of Ren movie or series or something just about them because if they really wanted to dive back into the sequel trilogy, I think there's other characters. And storylines that maybe need some more fleshing out, um, or, or that yeah, that, that would take kind of higher priority. But the Knights of Ren do seem to be, at least in the comics, like those type of characters that can just kind of pop up anywhere and and sort of re you know reintegrate into that stuff. Yeah, so. yeah they're going to focus. They're going to continue to go to the sequel area era yeah. uh, as well in the future. But right now they're just hitting the the original trilogy slash uh, Mandalorian uh, era. I yeah, think yeah. for the most part. 
Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And we have time for one more. One last one. Last one. Oh, Make it a good one. Right, so, <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, in the Clone Wars series, uh, Cad Bane was one of my favorite characters. Mine too. And in Mandalorian 2.5, um, <laughs> do you think they kind of wasted his character, or how do you think they uh, did they waste did, did they, they waste, waste Cad Bane and Boba Fett? Uh, well, he was definitely wasted in one way. Bam. Uh. No, but I actually hope. No, I was telling Jace about this. I I actually really, even though I know it would hurt Boba Fett's character. I don't want Cad Bane to be dead. I, I, I really want Cad Bane to still be alive. And the little lights were blinking on his chest, as many people pointed out. So there could be a chance. Should I? Do I? Just, but then again, just because I want him to be alive doesn't mean he should be alive. Yeah. Um, did they waste his character, though? I don't think so, because Cad Bane is quite old by that time. He was not young in the Clone Wars. He was probably like, you know, 40s. In the Clone Wars, so he's and he's he was his, still the best gunfighter. He still beat right. Boba yeah. when it yeah. came to. So by the fun. time we get to Mandalorian, he's got to be in his 60s or 70s. So he's he's twilighting uh, a little bit, I would think. Yeah, you never want to so, see. I mean, I'm I, I, never, don't, I would never want him to see Cad Bane just sort of peter out and become geriatric. Right. So <laughs> having. But of course, the minute that they showed him in Boba Fett, I was like, "Well, this is how he dies." Like, <laughs> yeah. Why I, I didn't. In? I didn't need to see the last episode to know he was going to right. die. Right. He was originally uh, going to be ostensibly uh, uh, killed, like in the Clone Wars, and like a deleted yeah. episode by Boba and young so, Boba. Yeah. Uh, as a fight. So yeah, his death has been planned since they were still making Clone Wars. So. You know, I kind of expected it. And we still yeah. have a lot more where we can get good Cad Bane stuff and yeah, Bad Batch and stuff like that. So yeah. it's, you know, and the same with, it's like all these characters, you know, they kill them all off and then you get more Maul later. And you know, there's always <laughs> yeah. more time where we can get more time with these characters in a story yeah. we never heard. Yeah, I like the way they used Cad Bane in Book of Boba. I feel like his, you know, his appearance at the end of episode six and then him, you know, as the villain throughout episode seven, it was like he looked really cool. He got some cool action moments. Um, and I'm totally okay with his death. Like, I think Boba should be the one to take him out. Like you said, that was kind of a, a fulfillment of something they wanted to do in Clone Wars and never got to do. Um, I think maybe the only complaint is just I wish he was in it more. So I wouldn't say yeah. I, I wouldn't say that they wasted his character because, like, I'm okay with him being killed off and I liked the stuff they did with him. I just wish he'd been in it longer. But like you said, there's room to go back and, you know, it's stories that are yeah. told during the Imperial era or in between episodes three and four, we can have Cat Bane pop up again in those. Yeah. Plenty of plenty of bounties for him well, to catch. Well, yeah. we went over a ton of stuff, and we were able to get through it all. It's 2.30. It's time for us to wrap up. So thank you so much, everybody. If you have questions or anything and you want to talk to us a little more, we'll be up here for a few more minutes. Thank you so much for coming.